0: Episode 217 of the F-Reality podcast. Times are changing for VR, some dusty dinosaurs are dying off in ditches, and yet, we can hear that steady thump of progress. Raunchy rabbits are busy down in their burrows, ready to spring life into VR in the year of the rabbit. Here's today's F-Reality rundown. Who went and got electrocuted in their quest? Unreal Tournament fans and VR chat furries are about to clash in a deadly bloodbath. Sly Studio, Shell Games stabbed the world in the back and made off with a million bucks. PSVR 2's launch lineup is hot and ain't no squeaky desert bus. Microsoft came knocking much like Death himself, but stayed for a cuppa. And then, Netflix and Kill. Finally, a member of the Baja Men that was let loose on California, (coughs) Jose is here to ask who let the dogs out and tell us what special chew toys we're getting in the form of VR game releases. We'd love to hear what you've been playing in chat. And if you have any recommendations, too, let us know. So now let's roll out the carpet for the fine members of F-Reality crew. All right, first up, <clears throat> he must have eight sticky tentacles and an imaginary wife. He controls time with his mind and moonlights at night. This podcast simply won't run unless this guy's running the show. He's our wizard behind the mask. So let's ask him to pull out another miracle from his big bag of tricks. Hey, Rowdy, I've got something for you to fix.
1: Oh God, again! Like <laughs> <laughs> every podcast, every, every single podcast, podcast, something is about to. No, no, we're, we're good. I think. I think. You know, although my my PC is kind of sounding like a vacuum cleaner right now. Uh, other than that, we're good. I think. I hope. I hope. So. <laughs> hope so how's your week been other than it's, busy i guess it's been yeah, busy it's, it's been busy uh, it's it's been it's been really busy i guess i said like you know after new years like everyone is like you know back on the grind and all the stuff that didn't get done in the last week of the year like uh, just all of a sudden <laughs> needs to be done now because you know we need to get our numbers up or whatever uh, so yeah it's been it's been uh, it's been quite uh, quite eventful let's call it that way uh, but yeah i've had a good week didn't have any time to be playing any games at all but um you know, I've been keeping tabs on, like, you know, whatever's going on. Looking forward to the show as well.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait. You reminded me of um, <clears throat> Jose's narcoleptic, narcoleptic laptop uh, from the other day. Okay. And uh, also, of course, Adam also has. Now, look, I'm I'm giving you previews to, to our other members. But, hey, uh, we've got equipment that just wants to go offline for some reason. Some, sometimes.
2: Who's <laughs> it going to be it's this week? Up-
0: Exactly. Who's it going to be this week? I don't know. Speaking of that, let's move over to the queen of the screen that glints and is green. Uh, This gal turns TikTok into the scariest of scenes. Uh, She's questionable content for weeks on end. Ladies and gents, she's building an empire in ByteDance's database. Uh, I'll say congratulations on one million likes. Must be screams and frights, too. uh, For if you're seeking something odd, man, Adam's got you sorted. So Adam, how's uh, how's learning to drive going? I've seen some of your uh, latest talks
1: over there. It doesn't sound positive.
2: I, uh, uh, <laughs> not entirely entertaining, yes, but but scary when you're in VR, also yes. Um, I've been playing a lot of the like games that were flat screen to VR simulator type games, and because I really do like simulators because i feel like you can you know kind of make your own out of it in some of them you can uh, like i've been doing barn finders vr <laughs> and what even is th-
0: what is barn finder vr i saw that what what is it uh
2: so you know how people sometimes they like go to old public storage units and they sell whatever in it it's kind of like that except barns uh, <laughs> I, I don't know Barnes like doing that for Barnes is a real thing probably not but it's, it's an entertaining game to say the least like I'm I've been surprisingly enjoying it I, I have a very low bar when I start off these games so maybe it's very easy to I don't know for me to be pleased when the bar is set so low to begin with but um, I've even though wow. they're buggy as hell like control wise <laughs> it's not great but I do like. Um, Being able to, like some of the customization features, being able to actually see that in VR. And I don't know, Barn Finders is just silly. So I can also appreciate silly.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I've never even heard of Barn Finders. So is this a a flat game that came to VR or is this just another kind of VR game that a lot of people haven't heard about.
2: No, no, it was, a, it was a flat game. I hadn't heard of it either, to be honest, huh. before this, but it was a flat game that came to VR. It's one of those where it's got, uh, I forget when it was converted or when even the flat screen one came out, but it's one of those where it's like teleport only. <laughs> it does have smooth turn, um, but it's I can appreciate it for its extreme redneck humor. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, you... In the last barn, you know, I found, uh, you know, a taxidermy frog on a unicycle. And so you could sell that. And there's also a a taxidermy deer with a a bikini swimsuit on it. So you never know what you're going to find and what people are going to buy.
1: (laughs) Sounds like your kind of thing, though.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It surprisingly is. I'm like, you know what? That was only the demo. I was like, you know, right. All right. Fine. I've had enough uh, laughs out of it. Maybe I'll actually buy the thing. (laughs)
0: Well, uh, I have to say, I love I love those conversions from you know, as you said, from flat to VR. I think that you know you can actually get some really good experiences that way. So um, keep us on your journey, Adam. <laughs> Let us know what what we should and shouldn't be playing in that space. We'll do. Uh, it's also a great place for devs to get their name known. You know, in the in, in the environment and all that. I'm still waiting for um, I think it's Power Wash Simulator VR to come at some yes. point. I'd love to clean a patio, you know? I I just would. I would. I'm waiting for that one day. Um, Come clean mine. (laughs) (laughs) He says that more than is appropriate. Okay. Uh, This next lad's got the gift of the gab. Like a browning M2, he's not exactly a gentleman. He's a dreamer and a man who looks good in a suit. Headset cradled on his noodle and coveting... Or, sorry, and... Coveting in equal measures, arcade cabinets, and glue. <laughs> That's Jose, <laughs> the VR tech. Say hi to him, too. i stupid Ryan. <laughs> say hi, I,
3: say I How are you doing? Yo, going I think I, I you like we were getting into, into like a rap like, battle or something. I, I started getting into it. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's irish it must be a limerick right you know hey. something like that don't even nah, start man. you're gonna get me out of bad route yeah i'm, hey, ben Jose. I'm how's, good how's, how's man
3: things? i'm pretty excited i'm relaxed um really didn't do anything um really technical this week um i kind of laid back um traveled Cal- uh, explored california a little bit hit up la Ooh. um i kind of get it now i know now why all the techies love la pretty much everywhere i went i was having a conversation with either like a developer or a game designer or somebody in just and uh, i think it was called i was hanging out this area called silicon silicon beach where i guess all the tech people hang out which was really dope so I imagine I this. Be, this I I imagine was, this
1: being like a beach where there's like no one there and just like three dudes with a laptop. Like, like it just really going was. Away. I'm not
3: even <laughs> lying to you. It really is that. It, it truly is. It, it's. It's. You can kind of. I've never felt the because over the years you can kind of tell like how being nerdy and being you know technical is kind of like the new cool, I, I like how yeah. it used to be back then. So the the you can't you back in the day you could kind of figure out the nerds. And so it's kind of harder, right? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but you go to this beach and you can spot them all out. You know who the nerds are, and it's really cool. But uh, I've I've had a good time. Um, I have been playing video games. Unfortunately, not VR because I was traveling, but um, I've been playing a lot of Hi-Fi Rush. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Just came out. Hi-Fi Rush. It's it's super dope. What is it? It it it? just came out. Um, it's a Bethesda game. It's a uh, 3D. Platformer, but the I guess the premise of the game is that you're you're this kid who has an injured arm, and he goes to this like robotics manufacturing plant to essentially fix his arm. But in exchange of you getting fixed by this robotic Apple esque company, you gotta do a job. So they're fixing his arm in order to make him a pretty much a uh, a janitor. So they, they're they're giving him an arm so he can start cleaning and mopping. Um, he wants to be a rock star So he has like this rock star mentality He's like I want to perform He has an iPod Some some hijinks happen where his iPod Gets infused to the robotic arm To his heart And so it's a rhythm based world Because oh. of the beat So every it, They license some music The game opens up with 9 inch nails So it's very colorful um, Reminds me a lot of like um, Jet Set Radio meets
1: Nice. um
3: it's What's super the name of this? rad it's called hi-fi rush i think it's hi-fi like, rush it's about four days old it's so good it's free on um but not free right but if you got game pass for xbox yeah, sure. it's 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 available there um it's on steam i think but i highly recommend it's so good and it's really rare for me to play 2d games lately uh um, more 3d or pancake games that people call them now all right as a nails fan i don't
0: remember the last video game that trent and his crew um actually were were part of so that's that's pretty neat um i it's remember quake so 2 back good. in the day although i think that was sonic fury more than nails nails was quake 1 i think if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um but man
2: that yeah, sounds been, good and you mentioned so about much. three
0: different like stitched segues to different components of our podcast today mm-hmm. so a very good fit you know hey. we'll. we'll that's uh, that's 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 great. You know, I was go um, for the record? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, enjoy California while you're there for sure. That's uh,
3: that's
0: a fun that's a fun place to be. It's all it's all sun. And when you said Silicon Valley, I, I have to be honest. I I imagined Silicone Beach or Silicone <laughs> not Silicon Beach. And <laughs> I was like, West. that's the opposite of nerds. <laughs> <don't know>.
3: <laughs> there
0: you go. There you no, go. Yeah, yeah, uh, two yeah, different sure. beaches now in my head. Uh, <laughs> to... No, no,
3: that's Miami. That's Miami. <laughs> <laughs> that's Miami. <laughs> Is it?
0: Yeah. Is that what it's
3: like? I, yeah. I've
0: yet to be. Have yet to be to Miami. So, okay, on my list, so. Um, uh, were there any call outs from chat before I move on to my highlight? Now that we've had some nice highlights there from Adam, Rowdy, and Jose.
2: Um, we've got, so. I haven't heard of this one. I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce it right, but Hyperbolica? Um, someone Ooh. tried that and they got what? properly VR sick, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Stride, Mother Gunship, Walkabout. Oh, yeah, they've got their Atlantis uh, thing. Sorry if that was a spoiler. <laughs> Uh, Risk of Rain 2, Primal Hunt. Uh, that one's been. I've been also playing that one this week. Um, Beat Saber mm. with new Pro controllers. Fun, fun. Mm. Um, Grand Turismo 7, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, and Last Call. Um, and uh, Paradise of Decay's been playing a ton of flat screens, uh, flat flat screens, a ton of flat games in <laughs> VR with mods.
0: <laughs> right that well, sounds cool. more like pd to be yeah, honest I yeah. with, uh,
1: there was also someone was playing horizon zero dawn but then with the uh, luke ross mod oh yeah
0: done that done that. That, that that is really worth doing i it's yeah we'll uh we'll save that for the playstation part we'll <laughs> come oh, back yeah. to that but it's a good mod i thought i thought i wouldn't like it but like the gta 5 mod um it's it's a good mod it's worth it's worth doing you just need a bit of grunt in your pc like don't i have a 2080 super try it with something beefy like that beefy or beefier you know 30 series or or 40 series um very good okay so i'll give you my highlight as usual it's zombies uh well to some extent anyway one was one piece of that was uh, continuing in saints and sinners chapter two and don't worry adam no spoilers i won't be saying mm-hmm. anything um but then it was like it in collectibles and horizon zero dawn i'm trying to platinum that game i've decided i'm going to go for what I call like a a beautiful VR sandwich when it comes to Horizon. So I've got the first game that I've been playing through. I'm going to try and hundred percent that, and then I plan PSVR two for late February. Right, get into Call of the Mountain, which I expect to be relatively short and maybe replayable, and then after that uh, Forbidden West, which would be that's that's my plan. That's my that's my Horizon sandwich because I've been enjoying that
1: game loads. So that is India Horizon for you. <laughs> uh, yes. <boom>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh leave. god, this is gonna become just an all-up. We all need to bring Natey back with the sound effects,
0: you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Can't keep that that board away from that man's hands. Um, but no, the the pick I wanted to highlight, not necessarily a, a highlight, but I'll explain. It was kind of a highlight for me, uh, was uh Roberta Williams and Colossal Cave was my pick for this podcast. Just because it's such a different offering, um, I wanted to talk about it just a little bit. Um kind of mention what it's all about and also give some caveats to people who are thinking maybe jumping into that one. So, uh, Colossal Cave launched on a number of platforms. It's a really really old game that was reimagined uh by this um developer, uh, Roberta Williams and and her husband um that that really takes like an age-old click and point drag and drop style adventure game um and brings it into kind of modern day era. Um, i've got several vr bones to pick because when i saw i was land, landing landing on switch and you know consoles and pc and stuff all at the same time and they said and VR. i was like huh okay how's mm-hmm. this gonna go and i expected to hate it and i didn't hate it uh i am a big fan of old like lucas style games really oh. enjoyed those day of the yes. tentacle for example the old indiana jones games or like um, that um, kind of stuff the Lost journey monkey island monkey island oh, oh. I haven't played the The Last Wait, Journey, you know.
1: Is it is it the last journey or the long journey? You know? It's the, the long, long journey. journey. I think it's the long
0: journey. The long, the long journey is a pretty yeah, recent yeah. game
1: compared to those ones. But yeah, those yeah, are Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love that game.
0: Classic game. Great right? matter. And so there's another one. <clears throat> yeah, there's something about that, that that genre. And I know that genre always wants to die for some reason. Like it'll get five years of love yeah. and then it just evaporates <laughs> and then people try it again. Um and so this I was like, okay, come on. Are they gonna Make it? Is it gonna work well? It's gonna be terrible. I'll tell you a few things were not good. Um, I'll start with the not good stuff so I can kind of end on a high note, but the locomotion was really weird. I'll call it Titanic locomotion, in that you had two different options. <coughs> One was where you had to like hold grip and kind of the grip-run thing that you mentioned is there in Horizon, which was very, very odd. You'd look in a direction, you'd like run with your controllers, but it wasn't very smooth. And there was snap turn with that. And so I honestly felt nauseated by that. And I was like, okay. And that was the preferred VR locomotion option of Roberta Williams and tagged (laughs) as such in the options menu. And I was like, okay, sorry, (laughs) Roberta. No. Um, And then there was the more standard move where you could do smooth locomotion and all that. The problem was they have it bounded a really weird way. It doesn't take the direction of your controller. It doesn't take the direction of your head. Uh, so you can't just, for example, um, move in in a in a direction smoothly um, and and kind of continue following your head. What happens is when you pick a direction, you hold forward on the analog stick. That is now your compass north. And so if you're walking down a path or something, trying to kind of undulate around a path and meander, um, you end up getting like you end up holding left to go forward and stuff like that. Really weird. It's yeah, that sounds bizarre. confusing. So their, their locomotion system is broken. Uh, it's navigatable, but it's it's broken. The graphics are like, they're quest-level graphics, I'd say. So for a quest user, you'd be like, ah, this is passable, right? They're fine. It's kind of quaint in a way, because um, a lot of the stuff felt very hand-carved. Um, water didn't look real, that type of stuff, right, was in there, but... Gameplay-wise, I want to give them a couple of of pluses. First off, you got a kind of like an inventory system, kind of like in Myst games and stuff like that, where you're able to go through different objects. But one of the things I wanted to touch on was their map system was awesome. Really, really cool. Hand-drawn maps that as you explore from area to area, they kind of draw themselves, so to speak. Now you can either, if you're really, really old school, you could do that on pen and paper, right? but I recommend sticking with their recommendation, which is turn this thing on. And then you pop up a map and the problem is in VR, it decides where it's gonna stick and it's gonna stick maybe to your right flank or something. And then it'll always be over there and it's not where you're looking. So you'll like press the map button and you're like, where the heck is it? And you gotta find, oh, it's over here. So you have to do a 270 degree turn to see it. But the maps themselves, and as you're kind of going down through the dungeons in the cave, were really cool. Um, and the, the feeling of exploration was neat. What the, where the game suffers is like most of this type of genre, is that the combination of items, and I remember a very specific puzzle from Monkey Island where you needed to take a... I know what uh, you're going to say. ...sharp implement and a block of tofu <laughs> and carve a mask to appease a volcano god. Um, which... I remember spending I think it was three months like bashing my head against the wall trying to beat that puzzle it's as notorious. a kid I was just...
1: it's notorious for that because I remember the same one with like where you had to like uh, get a map of a guy's back like who had a tattoo there but he was like sunbathing so you had to like make sure that he turned around first. And then he yep. had to he had to like he had to put like oil on him so he would like burn faster. And then you could like That's peel the skin off, and you had the map. Then I was <laughs> like them, like the like, how am I ever going to be able to figure this out? Like,
0: <laughs> I I remember that one because I figured it out. But it is that kind of if you're not in the head yeah. of the developer, and you're not thinking down the same route, like you'll almost never find your way, right? Yeah. And and this has one of those where I just got lucky. If I had had a certain item in inventory, I wouldn't have gotten past a certain spot because at the beginning in the intro text, they say this particular thing doesn't like this other thing. And if you didn't pay attention to that, you probably would be hitting that barrier again and again and then just give up on the game. So it's it's a kind of a classic adventure game. Uh, you won't be very impressed with the graphics, but it was kind of nice. The only big, big flaw I think in the game for Colossal Cave was for VR the ticket price i think the game is worth 15 bucks and they're charging 40 40 dollars for that it's really out of whack i think how is in the story of, is there a
1: story driving a forward then
0: kind of um it's a bit like so it, it's a bit lightweight it's more exploration than story because mm. there are elements these kind of titles that's very
1: with. important like if, if you look at for example like curse of monkey island uh, the yeah. long, longest journey uh like, any of those kind of games, they have, like, a very solid story that kind of makes you want to push forward and go through the struggles for solving these puzzles. Or so like, Because I don't think that, I mean, maybe there are people, but certainly not me. I'm not playing this game in order to, you know, exactly solve the puzzles. Like, I want to know what happens yeah. next, and I'll go through the puzzles in order to get to that next bit. It's a bit of a reward system, but only having the puzzles for me doesn't really do much. I agree. Yeah. I, I'm glad I didn't get stuck.
0: So I thought that the the kind of IQ level or the mensa level you know, on the meter was like right. it was it was about the right level. So from that, like there were there were times when I was like stuck and then within five or ten minutes, I, I found my way through, you know uh, but I there were certain puzzles that I just think are gonna hang people up and they're gonna be like, that's it. I'm done, right And they're just gonna they're just gonna leave. Um, so kind of cool. Uh, if you're gonna if you're interested in that kind of game, I would say, wait until it's less than 20 bucks otherwise you're probably going to feel a little bit ripped off uh really cool to see it Uh, i'm glad it was out there and uh yeah that was my quick highlight of the week so let's uh let's go ahead and get into some uh some news now and there's been such a shift i've been seeing as we go into 2023 in the vr spectrum like hype trains are running um Things are both good and bad and that's why we're calling this like the yin yang podcast because it it very much is that I feel like it's the circle of destruction and creation all in all in one year as we start the new year off. Um, So let's let's give you a jolt of action to start off and let's start off with a bit of shocking somewhat not safe for work uh, story I think from Reddit that sounds good. So um, a boy of undisclosed name and age whom I shall refer to as bling boy Uh, had an electric experience with his Quest 2. While playing connected to the wall charger that comes with the Quest 2, he got an electric shock, a pretty bad one that sent him to the emergency room. Uh, Quoting the Reddit post where this is featured, uh, the original poster, I think it's his dad or mom, uh, said he sustained burns to his hands from ripping off the necklace that he had around his neck that the spark clung to. Uh, to which the original poster remarked as well, "Scariest night of our lives." Um, so Reddit, being Reddit, seeing these these pictures, uh, went on to postulate how this could have happened. Um, and just for our audio listeners, uh, what what the people on the video podcast are seeing is there are marks around the circumference of his neck Whoa. where you would hold, you know, hang a big gold chain, for example. Just a
1: thing here: uh, the Reddit thread has been deleted. So, is it gone? So there's no more pictures that <laughs> I would be able to show. So audio and video listeners are getting the same experience here. Hang, hang on. I best. can I can Hang on, hang on, hang
0: on. I'm going to I'm going to pull a very quick trick cuz I still have it up on one screen and hopefully, Rowdy, this will work for you. I will ping that over to you. Maybe you can get that up. All right. Um Okay, here, actually let me ping it to you directly and then we'll continue yeah, the story. I got it. I got it. So, um so in terms of in terms of this kid, right? He looks maybe he's like 8-9 years old, something like that. But he was obviously wearing some kind of metal chain around his neck. Um, and Reddit was postulating to say that um uh, the 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 metal chain that the boy was wearing had somehow shorted with the extension cable that he was he was using to tie himself, tethering himself to the wall causing electricity to flow through the chain, obviously then grounding down through his feet or whatever. Um, Bling Boy here sustained electric shock burns around his neck that appear to be second or third degree burns causing a fair amount of skin to come away. Um, I actually used to work as a porter in a burn ward and these do not look comfortable. He'll have those and probably scars around his neck if not for for several years maybe for life. Um, It was also mentioned that the white adapter had turned almost entirely black from the current um and however this happened, I'll just say I'm glad it's not another entry for the VR Darwin Awards. Um so he, yeah. But there the kid you is go. fine, right? Kid survived. Yeah. He's obviously not I wouldn't say fine. I mean those 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 marks on his neck are pretty nasty. Yeah. You can see you could see in some of the other pictures that I didn't send to Rowdy uh some of the arcing that happened, you know, into the body. And also he has sc- scrawl marks on his neck as well from trying to tear the chain off. I mean, one of the things that people might not realize when you're getting electrocuted or you're, you're handling electric shock. One of the things you can't often do is let go. Um, and so what, so for example, if you're ha- you're in one of those um, uh, daisy chains of, of holding with other people and a bunch of people in a queue are getting electric shock. You have to get someone to like knock you out of the, the chain to break the connection because it will try to hold and bind you. Um, and that's the same thing he was having with the, with the necklace. And so he was trying to tear it off of his neck and, and throw it away. And he, and he did end up doing that. Uh, but obviously suffered burns as a result. So there you go. That's another kind of crazy
3: VR story. Yeah. Um, but wanted to surface it simply it's because a, again, it's a bummer that's what um, we hear. that it, that it's associated with VR. Because to be honest with you, what it sounds like, first of all, if you're connecting something directly to your outlet, you, you're going to experience problems. Um, that there, there's a, something called a surge, uh, whether it be through or from um always protect your outlets um especially if you're using um connected to the headset directly the i would have been able to like been like okay this is a vr related injury if the headset itself caused any shock but it was a 100% on the yeah. necklace itself um
0: yeah it, it's circumstantial it's
3: very, it's, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's very it's very circumstantial it's also what what adapter were they using were they using like an amazon knockoff that's like a you know a, a there's gotta watt be something here cable yeah, they're probably using a, a 20 watt cable that can only handle that it's it's very interesting i noticed um I, that's something exactly. that uh i i talked to a lot of colleagues in the vr industry behind the scenes there's a huge issue with aftermarket cables especially on amazon yep. be careful with the with the wall charge extension cables um, a cable that's rated for 200 watts or more, and it's only 20 bucks. That that's suspicious. Um, definitely look at power ratings. Um, do your research. Don't put your expensive headset on, on a 20 dollar cable. You wouldn't yeah. put a 20 dollar insurance plan on your, you know, your Mercedes, right? But so wait, 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 wait. wait, that wait, wait. Stuff.
1: Like, like, I. How can so? Is it the actual power cord? It, it can't be the power cord from the Quest. It had to be. It no, had it a could be. Be. no, it can't be. I can tell you yeah. what I
0: can that tell you what extension cord or it was. They had yeah. to be so. So the the thought was that there was uh, I'll I'll trace it from the wall back. So you have the the wall adapter um, that's that's connected to the wall, about a three meter I think cable from that point, ah. and some kind of an extension lead that was that was added in there. And and the thought was that the chain had somehow gotten. Uh, Connected into that connection, yes. so shorting the connection between essentially the headset, which was drawing power from the extension lead, um, and 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 that's why there was an arc yeah. that appeared it and then you the know, ended up shorting. Because, yeah. because it I, totally don't, I don't I don't the, think the, yeah.
1: I don't think it's possible that it's the like the cable that goes into the quest the causes just because you have an adapter in front of that that re- reduces the voltage, right? You and you were not getting one hundred and ten like or one hundred twenty yeah. volts. Through a yeah, you definitely not. Table. It's only pulling. So it needs exactly. to be the cord in between <laughs> the 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 pluck and the actual uh like the extension where you pluck the, the quest in. It needs to be that 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 big cable then. But because they copy be the quest I, itself.
0: And I, I see this uh not the burn situation, but I've seen probably 10 or 15 different shots of people with quest 2s who've to jose's warning have used a cheap cable and ended up burning out their headset through the usb c port i've seen so many melted on headset oh, but, ports but that due I can to believe. power delivery but
1: this like you can't get electrocuted by that cable yeah this there's is no, crazy there's no way <laughs> yeah. this has to be even, this has to be from the extension cord cable where actually yeah. you have the what the, well, Something the dodgy not was going there. on. So he must have had and, the yeah. extension cord. I don't know, like At the other side, here somewhere. Brody, right?
0: Why didn't the, the circuit breaker trip, right? This kind of current flowing to ground um, would, would typically yeah. cause your MCB to trip, right? Very quickly as well, very quickly. Um, but there's no so way that know. this Some, is caused by the headset. Dodging. This no, must no, have no, been no, caused. No, or, like,
1: or, or even the cable from the headset. There's no, no way that no. this can cause this. This
0: isn't on meta, right? Like, that's not the yeah. point. But there is a trend, and this is why I wanted to feature it. There is a trend of unsafe practices where people just not being careful around electricity. And and so it's it's important to realize what can happen. If you're if you're not careful, um, and at, obviously this is the first time I've seen Bling get into the middle of that, and someone trapped a cable and managed to shock themselves. And um, maybe so Adam they,
1: should try it out.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, you go guys. <laughs>
0: Just to reconstruct it for our audience, We're right, to, yeah. Adam? cables I can
2: find, and then we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: But yeah, so that was uh, that was fun. So so let's move on to the next piece. Um, but speaking about like Gibbs in this, a new world uh, in VR chat called Instagib Tournament has been launched for playtesting. Uh, this features an Unreal Tournament style level with floaty Instagib mechanics, and even double jump and dodge added to player tastes. Uh, fans of the series will instantly recognize the Unreal-style level and gameplay, uh, perhaps asking the question, you know, how many more classic games will come alive again through VRChat Worlds? You know, there's been quite a few like Jet Set Radio. You mentioned that just a moment ago, Jose. That's There's an immaculate um, conversion of Jet Set that was done uh, as well in VR chat. So I recommend people check that out. But if people are Quake or run real nuts like I was back in my teenage years, cool. uh, this is something that I, I welcome It's yet another. You know, so let's, cool.
2: let's let's. I played played so many (laughs) hours into Unreal Tournament 2004, so when I think I saw this on your Twitter initially, I didn't even realize it was in VR chat. I just thought it was like a mod or something someone made. Yeah, but I was like, wow, this brings back a lot of memories. (laughs)
0: That's And it makes it so easy to jump (laughs) in, right? That's the nice thing about VR chat worlds is it's like you're just in there and you can bring a bunch of friends in and no one has to install or configure mods or anything like that. So like that's the nice thing. I know this isn't, you know, a tournament brand, like but Killing
3: Spree. I was about to ask you that. <laughs> I don't <Monster> know. Kill. <laughs> Obviously oh, if they do they're they,
0: stepping on toes, but the BFG um, you know I so would recommend cool in VR. A BFG is a Quake item, but yes, I That's a I Quake agree.
3: item. But what's the one for Unreal? Was it Unreal? No, uh, Unreal was the, the rocket launcher, right? The Redeemer. The Redeemer. Yes.
0: That was amazing. we uh, we're, we're I just remember Facing Worlds and, like, you get the Redeemer, you shoot it off, and people Uh, are got their sniper rifles going, and then the thing blows up. You just see this, like, nuke going off. Oh, my God. I remember this,
1: like, I I have a funny story about that, actually, because, I I mean, I was way late with everything. And when I finally got, like, I think Unreal Tournament was on the Xbox or something, but I I had, like, no internet back then. Like, so I had, like, nothing that I could play with. I saw this game, and it looked, like, awesome. Remember, I had no internet. I couldn't look up what, what it was about, so I bought it. And I was so disappointed in it because I was expecting to have, like, a story and, like, have, like, oh. something, like, I could play. But oh, the no. only thing I could do is, like, play this game against bots because, again, I had no internet oh. connection. So, oh, no. <laughs> so I sad. had so such sad. a horrible time with that. I still played I mean, it a lot because I had no other games, but, like, because I spent all my Christmas money on that.
2: There's kind and of was a like, story. Oh, like, you, you go against the different is. factions, but they're just Unreal Tournament-style
1: yeah, stories. Yeah.
2: Then, uh,
0: so... <clears throat> If we're talking about the original Unreal Tournament, so not 2003 or 2004, um, you did have you had a bot-driven single player that led to if you beat the final guy, and I forget his name, he's like a a robot almost. You'd unlock that that player character as like the the crowning glory. To then, if you're playing in multiplayer matches and you're playing as a robot, then it it proves that you beat the single player. Uh. Uh, but it was bot matches. What you really wanted. Was Unreal. So Unreal, which came before Unreal Tournament or slightly around the same time, that had a great, uh, that had a really fantastic um, campaign. Kind of like Quake games, right? That had a proper campaign. And then there was another game. What was the Unreal game that came after Unreal Tournament? It had an amazing, like, black hole gun that you got just for the last level. It was infuriating. Are you talking about tribes? No, it was an Unreal game. Uh, I, I, I'm forgetting the name of it, though.
3: There was Unreal, um, Unreal Gold.
0: But I, I think, think it Unreal was... Gold. Oh, maybe they can help me out. But there there was an Unreal game that came out, not the original Unreal, which looks like Quake 1 level graphics, yeah. but one that came out a couple years later, uh, a few maybe a year or two before Unreal tournament 2003 brought in ragdoll models and I can't remember having more fun with dead bodies than unreal tournament 2003 and then of course they brought vehicular manslaughter in 2004 anyway I could go on but we could do a whole podcast on that clearly fan of it what I'm I'm hearing though is that we need to get a match going between the four of us is what I'm hearing
3: oh dude we can mod it oh dude yes that's all I remember from high school just modding unreal tournament and like you know everybody's like choosing like their favorite character (laughs) That that like, was VR Chat before VR Chat. I remember like having like oh my yeah. own custom Homer Simpson oh yeah. skin for for my characters. Good stuff.
2: I don't know if you can answer this, but do you know if you can use your own avatars in like your VR Chat avatar in with this map?
0: Oh, God, so I'm gonna like, assume that's a yes because yeah. VR Chat worlds generally you can bring all your insane avatars so along with chaos. you. <laughs>
3: we <should laughs> definitely. I, I'm so down for a, a meetup in VR Chat.
0: Let's do it. Let's blast each other. So Let's see who's, yeah. who's got the best skills in,
3: uh, in... I don't know.
0: I don't know. I was great on mouse and keyboard. Have I have no idea it. what yeah, I'm it like. It depends
2: on how it feels, too, because it might be, <sighs> you know... I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I'd have to try it.
0: <laughs> might rip your stomach out, is what you're saying? It well, might. It might.
2: I don't know, but that it, there's something it took me a long time after playing Unreal Tournament to in other games to not just spam spacebar all the time. Like that game made me just jump all the time for everything for no reason. And so when it came to more realistic games like Call of Duty, like, oh, you can't do that. It's stupid.
0: Yeah, you feel like you're you feel like someone took a nail gun to your feet and you're just stuck in the floor. You know, you're Like, yeah. I want a bunny hop. I want a bunny hop. Exactly the same with Quake. If you have ever watched competitive Quake, it's insane. The. The fluidity of just jumping, yeah. of just bunny hopping around the entire level. Um, so there you go. That's a bit of a splash from the past. And and hey, while we're talking kind of indie stuff, let's go ahead and talk about indie success, because I am a firm believer that indie successes are the best. Um, uh, core gameplay-driven social experiences. So we got news that Among Us uh, sold a million units. I mean, it's only been out for like two months, and they've sold a million units already, saying that, you know, anyone who thought... Um, that Among Us maybe wouldn't sell so well because maybe that's, you know, just not as hot as it used to be. In fact, they, they did a pretty good job. Sorry, Among Us VR, I should should qualify that. So that's Shell Games. Great, great win for them. Uh, I'm very happy because Shell Games is one of those original studios that continues to bring us great titles, things like I Expect You to Die, um, and I just want to continue to allow them to invest in great VR. I think they're one of the best. Um, so that's Among Us. Uh, a great little... Uh, stab into the world's back with that one and then Mm -hmm. uh talking about even more money uh gorilla tag uh, has has reported 26 million dollars in revenue for playing tag
3: i expected Um, more but that's it's
0: only started man Mm -hmm. jose i think they're they're the modern day beat saber from the moment i saw them have the the store in game and all the cosmetics and things like it was just it was obvious that they were gonna absolutely kill it because it is. It gives you that playground experience of, of being. I mean, I still remember being there. Like we ran a, a thing and Everyone was running around just t- tagging each other, and it's great social. It's gonna become like that almost Fortnite scene for kids, right?
3: Um, in particular, and it already that's is. Where I, <laughs> it already is. it oh, is. I have nephews. Is. I have nephews, and and they 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 talk to me all the time. How there's like after school like arguments about. Gorilla Tag and, <laughs> and you know and he's talking to me about this stuff and he's twelve and it, this reminds me of like Pokemon back in the day, like Pokemon Blue and Pokemon oh, Red, yeah. where you would just be yes. s- just talking smack in line in class about oh I got the best roster and you know you can only settle it after school, you know, and, and that's what's happening with Gorilla Tag where where kids are just awesome. talking smack at each other about how, how good they can play this game. Oh, tell me what these arguments a, are.
2: what's a Gorilla Tag it's so argument? Fun.
3: How good they are! They they the the game is scalable, right? So it's a bunch of feats of, I guess, virtual athleticism. Like there there's um there's like a bunch of um if you actually play the game, they they they, the game is all about exploration, even though you're in a tag. So there is you can see the the pro players trying to do crazy feats and stunts in the map, like they're jumping from yeah, they're wall running, they're jumping from one side and getting into the slides and. They end up in another part of the map. So it, it's it's very bizarre what they're doing with that game and 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 that's what they're doing. They're engaging kids through allowing kids to show off. You yeah, know, yeah. that's that's what they and kids then of course they the look most.
0: like they want to look, right? And they and also if you're I mean, because you're able to earn the currency in game and then get the cool, you know, whatever cosmetics thing that you put. Yeah, the cosmetic, the badge, the hat, whatever. Um, it really does allow people to kind of show off. And, um, so they've done a fantastic job, but it, it got me thinking like, you know, especially with some of the news, we're going to talk a little bit, but later about, you know, where really is the money in VR and AR and all this, um, kids. <laughs> I still, I, I still think the money's in the kids. I think the yeah. money's in the kids. Um, and it's, it's funny cause they're kind of like our savior, right? Stop saying that they can't be like bling boy and enjoy VR. Um, you know, let's get a, I, I really believe this. I think we should have a, like a kid's sized headset a vr headset right sized for them the easy interface like the the nintendo switch of a vr headset for kids mm-hmm. uh it can have content that's appropriate for kids um these kinds of games can feature <laughs> i i mean rec room should go and fund yeah. and make their own headset at this stage you know I what i mean agree. like i mean let's let's get that headset out there
3: i really the think funny- that the funny it part belongs. about that is that, unfortunately, when you think about it, is that kids will get the, those headsets that you're describing, and they will hack them and mod them, and remove all <laughs> restrictions available. And, and, of course, it, it's it's very it's very ironic and interesting. Now that we're talking about this, is that the the a lot of people in the VR industry, especially you know us, we, we tend to be so jaded that we hate the, we call them the the, the 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 screechers or or the annoying kids are, in the, but they're the ones really keeping this industry alive um a lot of people don't realize is that we tend to follow the money because obviously we we know that money is what funds industries but the kids are at the end of the day that they decide where the money is going to go in fact all the way down to content creation do you think a 14 year old cares about ad revenue portion splits no they don't (laughs) care about that i'll tell you i'll tell you a really funny anecdote that that connects with this i um my nephew he one is 12 the other one is six and they were getting into an argument and the the six year old as an insult as an insult told a 12 year old kid oh that's why you watch youtube shorts and this 12 oh, year old kid was it was like one of the biggest insults that you could ever tell a 12 year old because and i'm like here listening to this and i had to ask i was like i going to show my age but why is that an insult and he goes, because everybody knows that YouTube shorts is nothing but recycled TikToks, which is an insult, which is so many layers. He just called him a boomer. You're you're stuck in the past. <laughs> and that's the equivalent of us talking about like, oh, you know, guerrilla tech is going to fail. It's like, no, the, if if there's a, more kids than adults, it's going to succeed. and It's going to succeed more than anything that you can bet on always bet on the youth. They know what's cool. Like they were us at one point, right? We somehow yep. forget that, that we were the ones leading the industry and we get to the care. position. Now that we're we'll talking about it, they are. <laughs> I, oh, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm with you.
2: I've <laughs> Burn got them two off. Sides. Like on, on one side, I don't necessarily, you know, want to play with them or have them around, but I can't appreciate, you know? Yeah. Cause like with any yeah. gaming industry, you know, it starts off originally with, you know, there's not a lot of tech, so it's maybe, Adults who are buying in, but then as it becomes more mainstream, more consumer friendly, then then once the kids start getting in, that's what really starts to boost a platform into becoming, you know, really mainstream. So I can I can appreciate kids. I just don't want to deal with them. them. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. agree with you
3: there.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just to touch on I saw Chris Richardson post in chat about the kind of the potential hazard for eyesight and things like that with uh, with kids with growing eyes. There are some things that need to become to be overcome to reach the spot where we as a society and scientifically we've engineered a headset that's right for kids. Right. But I'm just saying uh, it's easy for me to wave a magic wand and say, um, you know, that the headset could exist tomorrow. But I think some of the specifically how how the eye component of headsets works, lenses, uh, focal, variable focal length, for example, this could composite into a sandwich, which may be appropriate for that market. Most and of I the think that market will
3: I agree will, with you will be the
0: wind in our sails going forward. To your point there, Jose.
3: So. No, for sure. And most of the most of, and, and, and to that point is and we have to remember is that most of the arguments that have come out, the research that has come out for VR for kids, is not really about the lenses. It's actually about the tracking and movement and how it could have a. Proportional damage and coordination because they're actually adapting and learning motor skills in a virtual space compared to the physical in the real world. It has never been about visuals. Um, there is a there <laughs> is a
0: skeletal muscular side to it yeah. though as well. Like a headset is heavy. Its center of gravity mm, is not true. right for a kid's skeleton. Right? Uh, you put a headset on a kid, they're you know straight away kind of tilting their head down. They're putting strain on their neck which is bad enough, you know, all kids these days with tablets and phones and stuff who are like, you know, looking <laughs> down at that screen. It's yeah. important to note uh, that
1: there's no um, concluding evidence that virtual reality is bad for children, N- nor that it's not, of course. Like, we don't know. Yeah. There's not enough data, I think, in order to to support either of those claims. Um, but yeah, I mean, we should, we should be careful always. We, I mean, adults should be careful as well. Especially exactly. with the, like age, you know, your skeletal muscles also decrease. Um, with the so. <laughs> don't tell me I can't VR rowdy, all right? I'm <laughs> not, I not like them, accepting that. I've seen you struggling in them in them games, you know. I don't know. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, if it's not due to skeletal muscles, what is it due to then?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just don't put a Mensa test in front of me, all right? It would be here forever. Um, <laughs> right. So that's that. We've got VR for kids headset at some point. Be good in the future. Um, with that, let's let's flip over to, to the kind of again a little bit of the hype train here, uh, which I always I always I always worry about touching on these things on podcasts because you're only inflating a message that's already just um, uh, hot air to some extent. But let's go there. Uh, so Marcus Kane, who you might remember, um, who who assisted, uh, sadly it's Bradley in in rendering some models. Uh, For Quest Pro and other things in the past that have been pretty on the money uh, Has now popped out two new renders One for Quest 3 and one for Apple Reality So let's talk Quest 3 to start off with Uh, This Quest 3 render, or as I like to say, the ugliest headset child VR has ever known um, It's got the same ear-slicing cloth headband as Quest 2 It's got an integrated into the ARM USB-C port um, and again, I'm just thinking about all those melted USB jacks that I've seen. It's got a 3.5 mil jack on the opposite side. So now those are kind of composited into the headband. Pancake lenses, that's of no surprise to anybody. Smaller form factor for the actual headset itself. And the thing that I just can't stand is the Bane-like front end with these three black vertical oblong panes for the pass-through cameras. Which, again, in this configuration is oftentimes one RGB and two, you know, uh, two plus two uh, black and whites in there. So it's going to have, you know, better panels, comfort, uh, better screens so we get better darks and stuff, lighter weight, travel better, all that kind of stuff. Does look like a winning model, aside from the actual look of this thing. It looks ugly, in my opinion. Um, but that's Quest 3. We know it's coming this year, or is said to be coming this year. Meta said that themselves. Again, the price range somewhere between, I think, three dollars and $500. Uh, So it could be a good replacement for your quest two if yours is aging, like mine certainly is. uh, Or if you were recently, you know, thrown out with the bathwater and you're still on a quest one. Um, So there you go. Um, That's quest three. What are your thoughts, guys, uh, on this uh, on this new render? I
1: don't know. I kind of wish that those three oblong things would like light up. I think that would be cool. Ooh. do they
2: have a function like like, a are, they, are the cameras all in all three of them or are they just to differentiate Quest 2 from yeah. Quest 3 like for cosmetic things to
1: get better depth mm-hmm.
0: down, down the middle you have the central RGB camera mm-hmm. and you have the tracking cameras on the two sides and then oh okay, the like, yeah. so, you know yeah, yeah yeah so so just like you know the quest pro works right so you've got most headsets and Jose talked about this something on the last podcast the reference design looks almost exactly like this. They've just decided to keep the call them translucent or transparent panes, um, which is allowing the cameras to see out black. I've actually seen that someone mocked up like in Photoshop a white version of this and it looks 10 times better. Um, okay. But Rowdy's idea of having them bling up like addresses something that I'm missing. I miss the original Rift, the original, um, sorry, DK2 that I had, which would on Logitech webcams, glow this lovely purple sheen. Then we got PSVR 1, which had blue lights in the dark, and then you had the move controller. So, that all lit up, where's our blinging lights? We don't
3: have blinging lights on headsets anymore. Right. So, uh, they Brody, need, maybe they you need solve a tech that. designer. They need, they, they, uh, you can tell that, uh, Meta and all these companies are kind of focusing right now on actually just streamlining a product and not really the, the visuals. I'm really excited for, for, it's important for what to know that Apple's these are do. just
1: renders right this is renders by someone who's (laughs) assuming things right and we don't know how accurate this stuff is Uh, yeah
0: Yeah, there's some liberties taken here from the patents essentially yeah
3: yeah and also to be fair though like uh, um we i think we 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 kind of also historically figured out how meta works when it comes to the supply chain so there's there's a a really high chance that this is exactly what it's going to look like maybe with some minor (laughs) differences. So let's not, let's not try to, to hope too far. Um, uh, (laughs) I think, I think Bradley has earned um, usually his bets um, to be trusted when it comes to that kind of stuff. But um, I think what, I think what, what, what we're starting to see now is what we're, what we saw originally with, with original phones is that, they all look a certain specific way, and now we just need like a really good a rise of a tech designer. Um, I forgot the guy who designed the 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 not the Ooh. iPhone after Steve Jobs, but he he made not a your, name on himself. Johnny Ive, Johnny, Johnny Ive, Ive, yes, like, Johnny Ive. Meta needs a Johnny Ive for Meta. Somebody who is focusing only on the tech on the actual visuals of the headset. <laughs> I, I the three orbs on the front, although conceptually may have looked cool on renders maybe visually it doesn't look good um they're probably not even printing these out like these guys are doing um as fans i i, I feel i feel like that's what's happening maybe they're like designing it strictly on autocad and not thinking how it's going to look and nobody's like printing them out before <laughs> production until they see it on a video from somebody else who printed it out in, the, in you know in plastic and they're like oh that doesn't Maybe we should revisit that, you know? So, I don't, yeah. The thing I don't understand, though, Jose, and, and,
0: and for the rest of you as well, like, I feel like these are the early engineering years where we're like, we're in that awkward phase where braces on the teeth, pimples all over, you know, like we're... These headsets generally don't look great. Like, you don't mm-hmm. go outside with them and go, hey, I can walk down the street like with a leather jacket and I look fine. That's just not the case. So I don't see why they haven't embraced that to some extent and gone a bit wild with their designs. I haven't really seen that yet. We've seen some kind of cool modular stuff. I like the new Elite XR from Vive. You know, they're going a little bit steampunky with that. Um, but largely, they all look reference design to I, me.
1: It and feels, It's the all it's so so too, I too much apple.
2: I really think so.
1: Yeah, I think they look too much at like Apple and they want to make like a like a luxury item. Well, it's not yeah. that. It's it's it's, it's, not. it's not something like you know, like that you you don't pop that out when you're walking on the street. And it's you, also you, the reality. Yeah. This is where Pimax <laughs> yeah.
0: actually does well. Yeah. You know, like Pimax's form factor, yeah. their headset, that hammer shark hammerhead shark design like display. Yeah. I like that. It looks cool. It looks and cool. It, as long as it's not getting in the way of you swinging your arms mm-hmm. and it's kind of tidy. It, they've actually got a look and a feel, and it and feels the, like the that's LED climax. LED on
1: the top, right, that they have, like that. Yeah, LED that's bar, so sick. So
3: And you just made the point. One, like you just nailed the point, and that's the reason they have a huge issue with supply chain, and they cannot manufacture them. The re- the reason all these headsets look the same is because they figured out how to mass produce this form factor really well. They're using, they're <laughs> yeah. they're, they're relying on cell phone manufacturers. So every that that's the 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 there's. Pimax has so many cool ideas, but when you scale them up, when you have to quality assure it, when you have to get, you know, hundreds and thousands of these headsets in people's, you know, locations, you're not, you're you not going to be able to.
0: Yeah, for manufacturing reasons. And that yeah. makes sense. So let's talk about something that maybe is a little bit easier on the eyes. Talking to the enemy at the gates, which is Apple. So here's another one, another mock-up from same fella, and this one's featuring a like a MagSafe connector uh, to a USB-C rechargeable battery pack. Uh, so you've got the headset and the battery pack being separate. Um, the headset features a slim ski mask-like interface with a transparent or possibly translucent front end. The, the edges are simple, like, um, like a glasses frame with a cutout for your ears. They don't look particularly comfortable in this design, and they also have a headband uh, to, again, take the weight, I suppose, off of your ears, but still fit snugly. Uh, this look, however, I think might be rejected as unworthy on the street. Uh, it does look like you're walking around with snow goggles on, um, but if the front display is clear and pass through, and you can see through the eyes of the wearer, they might maybe they've got a point. Um, so this 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 has a kind of a cool look to it. What do you guys think of this uh, this new potential Apple? It looks like the interface
2: without the everything else. Like you just took the interface part from the Quest, and you're just like, here we go. This is good. <laughs> <You
3: know>? <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good, that's a really good. Example. I like it actually, but I I agree. It does look like a. The guts of a headset.
1: Is this, yeah. like, but like, I mean, is this real? Like, is this is this supposed to be coming? Because I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced. Yeah. No. I, so, I don't see don't What worries me is the, the
3: MagSafe. That's is that what the War only me thing that host. worries it's you? Like, yeah, because when you think about it, it's like, can MagSafe deliver the data transfer speeds that we are going to see in a headset and if so can you reliably have any kind of motion in vr are there are, are they based on that you can't really do much motion you can't run with it they're not really looking at fitness then but you, you I don't think I just, that like having transparent screens
1: question. and no lenses that that is something that that apple is at right now that the, that's what they're working with to come out with a, okay. with a device with transparent screens no lenses, at least as far as I can tell. Right, as far as you can
0: see. Right. Yeah, it looks. The thing is, we obviously we saw at CES something that is kind of similar to this, with the uh, the electronically um, converted um, opaque levels, yes. yeah. right? To switch from pass through yeah. to that. So when I, I see this headset, it's a very clean render, and I think the actual product wouldn't be so. Um, wouldn't be so clear out the front end right sure. it would be something else more like a translucent level um which maybe you could switch up but again i'm asking myself the question they've answered in the in the in the mock up like where the battery would be again maybe
3: at your hip or something like that i'm going to be careful I honestly don't how i, I mentioned like this that. but uh, because this is like very high like high industry stuff and i don't want to mention the people but i remember a few years ago i got a demo of it was a hardware demo of a diopter that looks a lot like the crown for an apple watch and they were it was pretty much dimming in the the world in and out visually huh. um and, it, and they were talking about it was using electrocharges charges to pretty much dim the screens which is what we saw a lot at ces but yeah. this company was doing this about three to four years ago and that company got acquired by apple
1: <laughs> but, but, this so, is, but that's the other way around, right? Because that's looking outwards. Because the way that I see this, this is looking no, inwards it, so that they're transparent. It, it, it's okay. absolutely both. It, okay. because it's Because you're it's the
3: actual lens itself. So yeah, the screen goes right. just straight, turns into sunglasses essentially. Uh, huh.
0: And and so that's, so like that form factor isn't too far off. The, 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 the trouble no, that I have not. is, I, 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 again, do you see someone walking down the street San Francisco, or something, yes, wearing these. (laughs) Yes, I've been to LA, bro. We're becoming a norm.
3: We, the norm is now where like a ski masks are actually a thing. Um, that's actually, uh, uh, no way, in urban streetwear, that is an accessory. Um, (laughs) yeah, man.
1: So, what kind of tag are you hiding in that ski mask? (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, I, a few, <laughs> but ski mask. Um, I, I forgot. There's a few rappers that that really put it on. They 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 do like the the ski masks. So it is actually a an accessory. So and especially after going to LA, I can tell you unequivocally, you will see these in the street if they're if they're public available. You will see them. Like I saw people wearing like swimsuits with like overall like j- just winter coats, and that's fashion here. In LA, so I, you or will homeless person. Or homeless <laughs> no, I was person. Gonna say, you really don't know. You really don't know. But it, it's it,
1: it's it's uh, either worth a million bucks
0: or nothing. That's or what I wear on a Sunday home.
1: when that's I stay at home. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, All right. right. So
0: anyway, yeah, dude. this is the fluff spot. Anyone else got any comments? Otherwise, I'm taking us to PSVR2 then. All right. I'm, I'm, not, PSVR I'm not too, too convinced
1: so. with this. I'll see it when I see it. Yeah.
0: Apple's been... It's just... We keep hearing about Apple. About Apple, you know, for like six... How many years now, Rowdy? Like, how many years have we talked about them? Like, since the start of the podcast. When it finally happens, that's fine. But I think, like, Rowdy, I'm I'm jaded now. I'm like... I'll... When it actually gets announced at a keynote, then I'll be interested. But until... And even then, I don't know if I will be, because it's Apple ecosystem, probably not gamer-centric... Um, will I even want it, you know, is the question. And then will I be able to afford it? All those questions. So let's, uh, let's, let's move on to something that we know is coming, is relatively affordable, and has plenty of hype behind it, so... Uh, As you might have been seeing uh, on on the web in general, PSVR 2 is garnering a lot of attention, um, and I can say that that's for good reason as well. Shortly after our last podcast, uh, Sony came out with news of an additional 12 games coming to PSVR 2, making the launch uh, month window of 30-plus titles. Um, And so there is a lot of solid content coming our way. In particular, if you are brand new to VR, uh, or even if you've just been stewing in PSVR One's square pixel gumbo, uh, <laughs> you should be very happy because um, there's a there's just a lot of value here and many, many hours to, uh, you know, satisfy your, your spring and summer coming up. So here's a rundown of games coming in the launch window that were only just announced in this kind of second exposure of games. Uh, Kayak VR, Pavlov, Puzzling Places, Song in the Smoke, Synth Riders, Thumper, NFL Pro Era, What the Bat, Res Infinite, Tetris Effect Connected, Creed, that's the boxing one, uh, The Last Clockwinder, and of course we also had, as we mentioned on the last podcast, Gran Turismo 7 as the 13th in that package. Um, So I wanted to touch on a couple of these. Um, There are some that are also, you know, brand new uh, that have been mentioned that we haven't seen in VR before. So let's start off with, for example, before your eyes. Now this is a really interesting kind of piece. This is coming to VR, PSVR uh, exclusive, PSVR 2 exclusive, and it's blink controlled. It's basically about an interactive afterlife where every time you blink, some piece of the game advances um, and you're controlling the story with your own eyes. It's got a really unique kind of art style. It reminds me of the days of Quill, and um, the original Oculus Studios that originated a lot of kind of like art pieces that were experiential in nature. And so for somebody looking for something a little bit different, um, I think that I, I, you think, know, before your eyes is interesting. I think stuff like this
1: is what game. VR needs to do more. It needs to explore the technology instead of like just going back to like, you know, I mean, yes, we need to we need the big guys to jump on and create big titles. But like stuff that is different, that uses technology that we have at hand, that being like with your hands, being you know, with your eyes, you know, whatever it is like that it uses that more, I really think that VR should do that more.
2: That's, yeah, that's what excites me about eye tracking is I'm really curious to see what creative ways developers are gonna integrate that in their games. And then like you said, other kinds of technologies, whatever's gonna come to, but like really, just even, um, like, Switchback, for example, seeing that tweet on, like, every time you blink, more mannequins appear. I'm like, holy—like, it's, it's scary, but it's very creative, and I can appreciate that. Like, I just really want—I cannot <laughs> wait to see different ways that uh, developers are going to use eye tracking to, you know, enhance their games. Horror Which games are going to get so much worse.
1: They're already like the so happen- bad now. I, already, I can't play them <laughs> now already, like— I just can't imagine what it will be with this kind of stuff. Just
0: don't open like your eyes you take The thing is, if you take the whole stack, eye tracking, we've already got it in, for example, um, in, in Saints and Sinners, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a moment, right? They detect when you're talking, which is great for a streamer, by the way, because, you know, then the zombies are just flooding me all the time. <sighs> but you have this option that if they hear you, it attracts the zombies. I mean, the eye contact brings so many cool horror elements that are possible. It also, unfortunately, is such an easy shortcut for people who, before, relied on jump scares to just be like, "I'm going to terrify him or her every time they open their <laughs> eyes," you know. Or, and and so I, I worry that designers who aren't as mature are going to abuse that and numb that when I'd prefer it be left for something a little bit better designed, you know. Like use it, use that information. But please don't release a VR horror game where every time I open my eyes or blink,
1: you know. I mean, they can do it. I just won't play it. Something jumps in my face. They they can can make 15 of those. I just won't play any of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like but some a, of us like horror
2: like horror games now where it's like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen when I open this door or this drawer. Like it becomes so overused that you kind of it's predictable. But then there are those yeah. shining beacons of horror games where you're like, wow, they actually you can appreciate them because they did something different with it. And, and you can also insane. play
3: around with the eye tracking right now. It's not just blinking. You can also like have something render yeah. away from where you're staring at, which will be even scarier oh, when you God. think about it. If you're staring right and you look to your left and something pops out. That, and it just starts fading away from your eyes, like, that, uh, uh, and also like the haptics, you know, okay. to kind of make you look a certain way to mess with you. Oh, I can't wait. That's the thing, the signaling and when they can use it
0: in a, in a way that not if they're constructing candy, but they're making a dessert, like to make the environment, to make you feel a certain way, to control your emotions, right? The haptics on the face. That's a great point, Jose, because those things all blended together could make you feel this great <laughs> sense of unease, right? Now, that's just horror, right? That's just horror. Um, I think there's so much that can that can be done with this. I'm just really excited. So let's, let's go into some more of these uh, titles because some of them look amazing, right? Speaking of amazing looking games, um, and Adam, you talked about this one before, Kayak, right? Kayak VR, uh, the oh, breathtaking visuals of just the water. Um, I think that's going to be the demo choice for a lot of people once they've done it. Like, what are you going to show Grandma or grandpa, or, you know, your cousin, throw them okay. in kayak for five minutes, they're going to be so sweet. So, <laughs> I
1: don't know. Do you have, like, a good horror VR, like, with the eye stuff already out?
0: there? <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. I From demoing VR, you have two types. Some people, like, want to take it easy, and some people are like, hit me with all you've got, baby. I want the intense experience. Um, but normally that second group, tends to regret it.
1: (laughs) It's their first VR experience.
0: Like, all right, here you go. Extreme roller coaster VR.
1: I I guess it depends whether you're in their will or not. You know, what kind of
3: <laughs>
0: I, I, will
2: will? Say, oh I, I did have uh, an older gentleman that was a coworker of my husband's, and he was an exorcist, and he really wanted to play phasmophobia. Exorc- wait, 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 wait!
3: wait.
0: Hold hold back. Back. Was go back,
2: go back, go no, back! He, go back. <laughs> and he was an exorcist. It was like a multiple thing. Like he did exorcisms. Wait, wait, wait. You know, <laughs> wait, security and an
3: exorcist.
2: Well, his we action, need details. He he was a security officer, like he worked with my mother's By day, oh, okay, okay. But then and by he also night? did okay, okay. like on-call uh, exorcisms. I don't think he had done them <sighs> oh, anymore at that wait, point. Wait, over exorcisms. the phone? No, he'd go He's to houses. Keep his,
3: <laughs> he keeps the evils from all here. He knows he'd what to do. Go into houses, right? So you go into barns,
0: and he goes into houses, and that's how you guys make money. I see, I see. <laughs> I'm starting to understand. This is how Californians but, do it. But in anyway, a way.
2: Yeah, we had him play phasmophobia because he wanted to try it, and then we did a nice. It, it was kind of interesting to compare, like, okay, this there's different spirit types in phasmophobia compared to things that you've seen. You know, I mean, I don't know how much I believe in it, but I am right. supportive of other people's beliefs if that makes sense. Right? Yeah, but I'm it was not.
1: So was he was he like, actually saying like, I've seen this before?
2: Um, that's what I, I want to know like, then. Like, there were some similar comparisons on like he would give me stories of like, how he went in an attic and like some of the apparitions he would see looked close to like when the ghost was hunting so there were like certain comparisons that he could make or even wow. specific <laughs> spirit types or it was it was kind of interesting I love like this. That's i saying that i believe in it but it was fun to t- be able to talk to him and uh, he kind of wow. though equated phasmophobia to being like a Ouija board, where if you're, you shouldn't really be doing those things because you're kind of inviting exactly. the negative spirits to come that, to you, which and you don't really want.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. And the thing is, if you have an exorcist or someone like that, they're they're naturally a gravity well for that type of thing. Um, so I mean, again, whether you believe in it or you you don't, um, that's like a, a kind of side of the. This. <laughs> I just don't muck with that part of the universe. That's like saying you're doing a deal with the devil, or you know, taking some goat's blood and writing a contract. Just things not to do on the weekend. You know what I mean?
3: Oh my <laughs> god! Right, does, he arrest, is that, fun does he arrest? No, does he arrest a ghost? Like, uh, like as a security guard? Like does he like talk to them? Like,
2: like
3: freeze! Hey, yeah, yeah, freeze! freeze. <laughs> stop, stop it, demon! Stop right like, place, like turns
1: into ice. No, no, not like that. <laughs>
3: You'll never catch me!
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love this thing. Uh, we, we, we've, we've confused Rezal. He said, uh, I think I stepped into the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We've definitely gone the wrong... So so that was trying to go towards Kayak, so hopefully we've seen that trailer at this point. Let, the next one up on the list, uh, which I think is an, an interesting one, is, of course, Gran Turismo. I have a really weird relationship with racing games. I was catching up with the crew a little bit before the podcast to say, like, I've got like six years of like hosting multiplayer VR events and seeing Gran Turismo seven now get, you know, VRified sans the split screen. It just, it's got such nice details that it just might draw me back in. But like, I don't know, man. I, I know a lot of people are really excited to race with others, and thank God we're not. it's not Drive Club 2, because Drive Club was horrible at the start of PSVR's of, of launch. So this launch, uh, I, I get it that people initially thought, ah, it looks a little bit weak or frail. But now, with all these additional titles added, I, I feel that it's like the complete opposite. This feels like a killer lineup uh, now. Like, I mean, and there's more to come. Sony have said there's actually even more coming. So let me keep going. Because there's more stuff coming. Um, we already know Horizon and stuff like that. Uh, the Last Clockwinder, of course. Rowdy's Game of the Year from last year as well. That's coming. Um, but but how these titles are also you know integrating the the sense controller, the haptics, uh, the eye tracking. is really neat. So I'll touch on some of those details. So take No Man's Sky for example. The PSVR one game was. It ran smooth because of Sony's wonderful quality assurance, right? And and their standards being very high. Um, I used to hear all kinds of things from VR devs about, you know, I could pass the Oculus store requirements. I could pass Steam, but Sony's beating me up. Um, And I don't expect that has changed with Japanese standards now. So um, No Man's Sky looking the part. You know, now that you've got the raw horsepower needed to make the game, plus all the DLCs in there that they've launched that add just so much more to the game, you could just get lost in that game for a couple of months of your life. You know what I mean? Uh, So that's one. But then what about things like heavy hitters like Pavlov? Pavlov, Rowdy. I mean, you and Pavlov practically were wed at one point. Uh, It's an FPS shooter indie darling, isn't it? And it's bringing back stuff that they shipped in that game that I don't think that we've even touched on. The World War II aspects of the game. Uh, which included a three-crew member tank that you drive, each with separate roles. It's also They're also bringing trouble in Terrorist Town. So, f- like, that's a full, enriched FPS experience that's coming. Um, it doesn't have cross-play, just to be clear, with Pavlov Shack, the kind of cut-down, stripped-down Quest version. But this is the PC VR um, equivalent being ported to PSVR 2. Um, and it will have cross-play with PC. So... Tell me that game's not going to do great on a console with console gamers. I think that's going to absolutely kill. And then you're getting like a whole run of free upgrades, things like Pistol Whip and um, a big favorite of mine, Puzzling Places. So if you're more into, you know, I've had a hard day. I don't want to play Pavlov for two hours, but I want to kind of chill out. You've got the awesome, you know, Sonic ambience of Puzzling Places, a game where you're putting together... 3D geometry of scanned environments, churches and beaches and buildings. Oh my. And you're getting, you know, eye control for puzzle selection and all that in these games. And that, again, this is getting a free upgrade. They already had the game on PSVR 1. Great. You've got it now on PSVR 2 in your launch library. Um, There is just so much value coming our way with these titles. And I know it would break the bank to buy all of them. Uh, But I can tell you that there are going to be some gamers who get into this and I think go down that road. Um, Before I keep going, because there's another half of them that I want to talk some basic details about, Um, what are you guys looking forward to, you know, PSVR 2-wise? Like, what's the thing that's got you excited?
1: Well, first off, I'm a little bit on the different end of the spectrum. I feel like a lot of these titles are things that we've already seen. And it's kind of like, and I get it, of course, because they're the most popular titles that we've seen on platforms such as Quest that are now being ported to PSVR, but... I don't know if this is enough for, for example, convincing people with a Quest to also get a PSVR. I'm sure that it can convince people mm. who have a PlayStation and say like, okay, yes, I've seen these games being played on a Quest and, but as in terms of competition, I am not, I am not convinced that this will convince people to trade their Quest for a PSVR. Mm. And.
0: Looking at the especially lineup. with Quest three on the horizon, right? Yes. So that's, exactly.
1: So yeah. we, we, I mean, there's a few of the games, of course, like like Horizon Zero Dawn, like, uh, like that are being you know exclusive to the PlayStation VR. But I don't see enough of that stuff in order for me to really tie into this specific ecosystem. Um, so I'm a little bit, yeah, I don't know. I'm I was expecting more from the lineup, to be honest.
3: For guys? me, for me, I will have to say like what I worry about the most is. I, I agree with you, Rowdy because I, I want to say, man, there's nothing competitive from like a title perspective,
1: mm.
3: but from a multiplayer perspective, of content course. creation perspective, yes. I think that that's. Uh, I, I think what what's going to set PlayStation VR two ahead visually from the race is that I think we're going to see way more VR content being made on a PSVR two, unlike the the Quest. And also way more communities vr communities being born because of psvr2 compared to the quest um if you look at their the, the social aspect of oculus or quest or however people want to call it it's terrible um i i get notifications all the time that says you have accepted this friend request i was like i don't remember hitting accept what do you mean like when when so there's a lot of there's weird tools that they don't really care about how you're interacting with people um mm-hmm. also multiplayer experiences like the processing capabilities of the quest uh two at the moment don't really allow for really good multiplayer it's always mm-hmm. a- asynchronous multiplayer experiences nothing that could really deliver pc vr multiplayer experiences um where the psvr 2 is going to uh deliver um i think that's going to be the, dif- the differentiator but, i don't really think it's titles
1: but what, what i what i mean is like if you if you look at for example the the Xbox battle versus the PlayStation battle has been going on like a console war. That's all. That's always been very much driven by the content that they produce on specific platforms. People yeah. buy an Xbox I because disagree. they want to play Gears of War, Halo, or they want to play Halo, it was, whatever.
3: It, it, it's nah. It, 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 that's superficial because when you think about it, I I agree with you. But when you look at it, I like, revisit those thoughts. It was really about. The culture and community that you're defending. Halo I don't know. Halo created a culture community. It wasn't really about the game. It was a fun game, but when you look at it, it was the people that were Xbox players, you had all your friends on the Xbox, and you were trying to convince all the PlayStation guys to come over and vice versa. Where I don't think to that's play an Halo. issue with VR. But yeah, to play Halo, yeah, but like- it's a community.
1: Well, I, I, I don't because if, if for example PlayStation would have released Halo on the yeah. same platform then you wouldn't have cared then that they were on PlayStation or they were on Xbox you would have just like you know if you could do cross console playing then it doesn't matter what they are but I think a lot of people bought specific consoles because of, because of specific series that they're interested in I know for example I had a friend of mine who was very, he said, I will never buy a PlayStation because PlayStation doesn't do shooters well. And back in the day, that that was the case. You know, Xbox was very yeah. shooter-oriented. You had Halo, Gears of War, you have all of these kind of things. And PlayStation Live, had more like, that's you know, what the I mean. Japanese it's the connectivity. RPG. Like, you know, different kind of simulators. It was a very different kind of style of, like, the way of games that they are mm. releasing. So Community I'm, tools...
3: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're describing community tools. Xbox Live was the layer that did all of that. It's what made the Xbox worth defending. And that's what I'm saying is that currently the Oculus platform isn't focusing on community tools. But I mean and they existed before
1: tool- yeah. they existed before there was even mention of like anything social, right? Uh you know, they had they didn't have internet. I mean, I had an Xbox without internet, so you know, like that.
3: Let's
0: can we take this back a second? Because I'm yeah. I'm curious. Um, just to poll y- you all about when you swapped lines, when you were I don't know a Nintendo person going to Sony or vice versa, right? When you made a console switch, in the same way a couple of years ago, Rowdy, that you know I went away from Apple and I became an Android user. Um, when you made that change, what caused you to change? Community.
2: To me, it was games, usually games, but then a combination of yeah. like seeing that Xbox was more for like shootery Call of Duty type people. And I wasn't that kind of a person. So maybe a mix of both. But I think primarily game driven. Yeah. Can you
0: name something specific? I'm just kind of curious to kind of go back. Horizon. Like what, what's the was, game that brought you over? Uh,
2: Horizon initially on the PlayStation because it didn't come out for really? the computer. For the computer, that sounds like an old person saying that. For the PC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
0: bet you you watch YouTube device. Shorts, don't you? <laughs> I, I,
2: do. I do watch YouTube Shorts, I'm so sorry. But yeah, I mean, um, although, I, I don't know, I do want to say it's mostly title-based, because I did love Gears of War, so I can't say like I'm totally PlayStation, but I do love sort of the UI and the, the branding more of PlayStation, a little bit more than Xbox, which is kind of grungy to me. Although I guess that like Xbox makes me think of Mountain Dew and Cheetos versus PlayStation is kind of a <laughs> little bit more. Uh, I, <laughs> I can see
3: that. Yeah.
1: Advertising works, people. I, it I, does. I think for me it's the same. And also, of course, like PlayStation jumped on the on the on the VR wagon. So like, you know, like that was for me another thing in order for me to say, like, you know, I want to play VR games. And Xbox has not been committed to VR in any way or form. So it was yeah, kind of like an art, easy switch yeah. for me. No, I so would say games and tech. I uh, think for me, are I, the ones that really like, push me over. For me, it's I'm a hardware guy. It's so weird
0: just yeah. thinking back because I remember like N64. It was the controller that brought me over. It wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't even know GoldenEye or Zelda or all those games were going to be on there. It was the controller that brought me over to that. Um, with 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 the original, uh, sorry, with PlayStation Four, uh, PS4 Pro. It w- it was just the headset. I wouldn't have bought it without that. The Wii was the same thing, just like on a tech demo. I was like, that hardware looks so cool. It's something we can't do. The Kinect was the exact same. I went and played Dance Central at a friend's house. It was the Kinect camera. I saw that and I was like, damn, that is such a cool <laughs> like engineering feat. I want to be part of that. I never played console games. I only played mm. with the Kinect. Um, and and so I'm maybe I'm weird that way but like No,
1: I think I think that's for me the same. So it was strange. games and it's tech. The same reason I buy in yeah. PSVR2.
0: It's just the the headset and what it can do um is like I don't know, it's like it's almost like a haven or like like a heaven that I want to go and get through the doors of. It doesn't matter what angels are in there, but I want to get in, you know, and and, and not miss that. So Strange,
3: but Jose, you're saying for you, it's it's really the people, it's the community side. I would say it's the people. It's always been the community. As much as I love PlayStation um, over Xbox, I I always noticed that the, the Xbox, the the reason Xbox always built a community or, or built an audience for itself was that they went onto the tools. They the Xbox Live was the reason Sony in, in, in invested in networking solutions. In fact, they're suffering for it. Um you know, a lot of people don't realize is that Sony runs at the mercy of Microsoft and Xbox Live right now like their their servers are so are Microsoft servers they run on azure um so they're oh, working yeah. for that reason
1: they, they, so, they always it, make that it, joke I mean, that Microsoft can like. If Microsoft would not release like a single tool anymore or a single product, they would still make much more than maybe all of the of the companies together. Just it's because they insane. hold so many patents everywhere, like every, <laughs> every time a product is released, they have a Microsoft patent.
3: That's insane, but that, that's oh. what I mean. Is that I feel like right now, like it's very hard for me to see Oculus and, and see their their software. Even if they're even if they're offering the same content, it's very hard for me to see Oculus as a. As a real gaming company, still because their yeah. tools, their mm. their social tools, their content creation. Like, I want to see achievements. I want to see awards. I wanna, I want to see the tribalism that you see, and you know, PlayStation versus Xbox players. I want to see the, mm. you know, oh, here comes the Oculus heads. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see that. But in order for 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 us to see that, there has to be community tools, like actual yep. community tools, not an app that just is selling me stuff. You know what I mean? It's,
0: It's really funny because I was never an achievement hunter until like, I got a connect and started unlocking things and you get your gamer tag and your gamer score and you get like, you get glued to like, I don't know, building that up and you get proud of it. And it's the same thing I find on, on PlayStation's ecosystem, like earning those trophies, like I would love to say I don't care but there's a completionist in me that fucking cares a lot you know well,
2: Steam. and I'm like nobody really cares about steam's well I mean maybe some people do care about steam's no. achievements but I don't think so not like xbox I've level always, you know
0: No <laughs> I've I've always been after the fact with that like and and I wife and I like 100% um left for dead 1 and 2 and we were very happy about that we did that but yeah you don't show it off in the same way you don't like feel pride about it and definitely yes. And the pride stuff is connected Oculus. to you, though bottom. because
3: they make you feel the pride. Like on the PlayStation Five or yeah. on, the, on the Four, when you get an achievement, it's associated with a screenshot. You can see either the, a video clip or an image of when you earned that achievement. Why isn't yep. that in VR? Kids are doing it are doing feats on Gorilla Tag. Why yeah. can't I go on my phone and say, "Oh, you did this really cool feat. Here's a video of it. Share it on you know on TikTok." Yeah, that's. I also I don't.
0: Uh, I mean, achievements for the last ten years for me. I've gotten to be to this point where it's like, I, I I'd love to see the end of them to some extent, right? I like I want, I want it to evolve to whatever the next catch is, but something where fragments of your experience are shared socially with friends without it being an annoying spam feed, some kind of interconnecting what weave like in that quilt, so that you feel like you're either you're doing things together, maybe something along the lines of like where Facebook and other social platforms have said hey, a year ago you were. You know, you were playing with Zim and Gorilla Tag and or something like that, right? Just something to kind of remind us to stay connected and to continue to further that. uh but I love that. Anyway, we're getting far away from <laughs> PSVR two. So let me <laughs> go through the other half of, of um the PSVR2 launch lineup because it's it's really strong. Um Resident Evil 8, right, got a, a free upgrade. So if you have the uh, base game already, that'll be there. Res Infinite, a lot of people love the the kind of again that classic now that's not a free one to upgrade i think it's 10 bucks that they're charging to kind of upgrade it if you already own the original song in the smoke rowdy and i were big fans of that before synth riders for everybody who's not getting beat saber on day one because that's kind of oddly absent from the list must be in development behind the scenes at the moment Uh, tetris effect great game again to connect with people as well it's fun one on the list that is probably near my top now having seen this unveiling is thumper Thumper is one of the best single-player PSVR experiences that I'd had. And at the resolution uh, of PSVR 2, 4K HDR, uh, 3D spatialized audio, to feel a rhythm violence game. And uh, again, no spoilers here, but it's got one of the best finales of a game I've probably played in the last decade or two. There are just some games you like are really difficult but worth the feckin' journey to complete. And that's where I feel like Horizon sits for me, Adam, is it's quite challenging in certain spots, but when you get past it, God, you feel great. You feel like, you really feel that like breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. like that feeling of achievement, uh, of I did something difficult. And that's what us as gamers like. We like to strive and like get past things. Um, and Thumper is that. So if you haven't had the chance, uh, I'm just going to say out of everything that's in the launch lineup, right do earmark Thumper if you're in at all to stuff that just looks great and feels great. I think they're going to do amazing things on that. And then of course we can't forget Adam. There's chainsaws coming too within a month of <laughs> within a month of of launch on the 21st of March. Uh, we've got chainsaws coming, Instincts and Sinners Chapter Two, which the visuals of that. I mean, I just got to say because they allow you to punch zombies in the head. I can't wait to feel what that feels like and be there in dark, deep OLED blacks. You know what
3: I mean? That's going
0: to be a zombie brawler, Something else. like no
2: weapons, just,
3: <laughs> just, punch the, just
2: the most chaotic playthrough of, uh, of Walking Dead you have ever. no
3: idea. I love that.
2: <laughs> after
0: a tough day, I'm going to say this now, I'm doing it on Quest. After a tough day, thumping, like just literally just hammering <laughs> this like zombie face with your fists feels amazing. It is a great stress reliever, way better than Beat Saber. Way better. Um, so there you go. But that's that's that. We also, I got to say, in Rowdy's camp, and maybe a little bit Jose's here, uh, we had a tweet from Carmack on the whole PSVR 2 thing. Um, and so he, he has also, if, if um, I, I forgot to write it down for myself. So Rowdy, you're going to have to help me out and read it out as you throw it on screen there. What did Carmack have to say about PSVR 2? Yeah. Um, he had an interesting little opinion there. And while he's bringing that up, I'm just going to mention a couple of the other free upgrades. So After the Fall is getting a free upgrade. That's, that's going to be such a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gran Turismo 7, No Man's Sky. Pistol Whip, which has had lots of DLC added for free. Uh, Puzzling Places, RE8, so that's Resident Evil Village. Song in the Smoke, Synth Riders, and Saints. Um, there you go. Carmack. So, what did Carmack have to say?
1: I don't expect PSVR 2 to be very successful at $600, but technically, with a directly connected OLED display and decent ray tracing performance, it it is an opportunity to implement just-in-time ray tracing for a couple milliseconds, six degrees of freedom, motion to photons latency, which I would really, next week, (laughs) like to see. That would be a VR compositor replacement and the sensor display GPU timings be really tight so a third-party developer could not do it but it would be a worthy task for sony
0: yeah there you go i love i love seeing carmack kind of chip in um definitely the price is high on on the unit especially now when people are feeling the pinch of the way the economy's been going um but it's always good to see john challenge another engineer and that's exactly what this is it's you can do this here's your task. <laughs> and so in some Monday morning meeting somewhere, hopefully a huddle off in Japan. Uh, they'll
3: take this, this, this task on. Now that I think it about it, we haven't two. seen a ray tracing demo game yet on PSVR too, right? So not in and, and, VR. And, yeah. And now that gets me thinking a lot of the original PSVR titles haven't been shown off yet. And, and, and I was actually thinking about it. Like Ast- has Astro bot been announced yet? Like that's their, that's their, that's their, that's their golden child of the PSVR. So they know, so maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that will probably come with like the insane visuals. Like they, they, they do need their, you know, their knack for PSVR. So maybe that's, what's coming. Maybe they'll, they'll re-release the, the old library with like insane visuals
0: I, I think Astro needs a, a follow-up title. Oh, the other oh, thing that, that really excites me with that with that uh, bulletin is they did mention very clearly that there will be more news prior to launch. So there are still some surprises up the sleeve. And because we haven't had like a press conference or something to that extent, aside from the little drips and drabs we've had since kind of November and December, um, I don't know. Are we expecting any, any other heavy hitters? This is, a, this is a great lineup already. I mean, I've... I'm at this point now where you guys might have this. Do you ever get like yourself to the point where you're like, you know, you're overhyped for something? I'm like trying to, I'm trying to keep the lid on Pandora's box of excitement and just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to boil over before before you know February twenty second comes. But
1: I, yeah, I still want to <laughs> see some more exclusive stuff, like something that is specific for PlayStation using full VR. I, I'm not like I said before. I'm not interested too much in the hybrid stuff. Yep. Uh, I want to see more. I mean, I am excited about the hybrid stuff in a way that I'm curious how they're going to do it. Uh, and if it can convince hardcore VR veterans of like, you know, getting into that as well.
3: I want to I yeah. want to see what they're going to do with their technology. Um, like, it's as ironic as I, I say, I care more about community, but I want to see what Sony can do with their uh, cloud solutions. Um, they got they got PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now is starting to become very impressive. Um, they could easily probably do they. um there's a lot of companies that are doing VR streaming, so we know it's it it it's. It, I think Pluto's is one of them, and all these mm. other ones that could do VR streaming. Maybe Sony can can do that. Um, they have a very healthy business relationship with Valve. Um, I would love to see them acknowledge Steam VR in some way, shape, or form. Um, I did see like a a, a picture that that surfaced. Where somebody showed like Steam VR with like the icons of the PSVR two and everybody went yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. which goes to show that you know conversations or interest is happening behind the scenes. So, so just to connect the
0: dots for anybody who isn't right, you're basically yeah. talking about could we get PSVR two and the Sense controllers
3: working on PC? Could um, we... something maybe maybe some official collaboration maybe allowing you to stream Steam VR to the PSVR two or vice versa? I would love to see <laughs> you were, them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big believer that that's not just technically achievable; it it it, it could be done. Um, Sony's publishing hard on, on on Steam lately, so why not expand their functionality and their connectivity?
0: I do. Half I mean, Alex. a lot of people are a lot of people are wishing for Alex to come uh, to the that's headset. That's a good and... way to do
3: it. It allows them yeah. to keep the ecosystem. Allows them to not port over the game, which will be very bad. If Half-Life Alex actually hits the PSVR2, it might hurt Valve with their next headset. But allowing people to try the game this way and then getting the crazy visuals on the decker, that makes a lot more sense to me. I think it'll run. I mean, it's
0: a very performant game. That's the oh, nice yeah. thing about Alex. Is it, it like like anything that's been kind of a Source Engine game? They run well. They really, really them. run well. That's you don't, you don't need a crazy <laughs> machine. Uh, so I think. I mean, I want to see it. I want to see it happen. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm like a lot of people, and in, in, I don't think we're going to see. Unfortunately, um, PSVR two working. On a PC, I, I I think there's going to be blockers for that. Several several of them, but I can't wait. For I, this. Wish it, I wish I wish I can't would, wait, I wait to wish talk about work. this in the
3: future.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Who's right? But, I, but that's fellow
3: pre-ordereders, I, I are, never how, bet against the nerds and the hackers. Never bet against them. <laughs> that's,
0: that's exactly it, right? Yeah, I, I I love I love that.
3: I do. Yeah. 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 But no, for sure. Well, yeah, I don't think that
0: IVVR for psvr one was one of the worst experiences i think i had like it it was on par with with me spinning 300 times uh a minute (laughs) rotating in vr chat at one particular christmas because of some tracking bug that was bad but ivy vr was with psvr 2 trying to get that working on pc was was particularly bad as well um maybe other people had success with it but i certainly did not um and i thought it was one of those awkward middle layer solutions um that just didn't feel like it fit Adam, how about you? How's your hype meter for uh, PSVR 2 at the moment?
2: I I kind of agree with Rowdy. Like, I want to see... It's a completely selfish reason that a lot of the titles that are out now I think are good for, you know, good, solid, basic titles for people maybe who haven't been in VR before. But I kind of... I'm annoyed with myself because I want to say I want more exclusive titles, but I hate exclusive titles just from, like, you know, Rift days when I'm on Steam and I'm like, oh, this is only available on Rift. And I'm like, go F yourself. So I, but I do. I now that I selfishly I have a getting a PlayStation VR2. I want those exclusive titles, stuff that I can't play on just my Quest or on Steam. Yep. Um, so like right now, a lot of the games are like, oh well, I haven't played this on Quest, so I guess I'll get it for PlayStation just to fill out that library. But I don't kind of like. That that attitude makes me a little uncomfortable, but I mean, I did buy it. But again, I always set my bar low for kind of everything. So you will always be pleasantly surprised versus if you do the other way and you are always like super hyped about things, you're probably going to be disappointed about <laughs> a lot of stuff. So just everything's awful. Surprise me. <laughs>
3: everything is awful. Everything is awful. <laughs> I,
0: I, I don't mind exclusives. I really don't because it usually means a sack of cash for the developers and the platform. Um, and it normally forwards the whole train. Like, the whole industry gets to take a step forward. I know exclusives suck for someone who's on the platform. Yeah, timed exclusives are a great option, mm-hmm. right? And Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of exclusives are that. Um, but there are things like, again, I mean, there's so many titles that I would beg to come to PSVR 2. I'll save that those ideas for another podcast. But it's like, um, I have, because of the hype, Not just the hype, because of the buzz, because of the uh, amount of quality titles that we're getting, even the ones that are really a port or a rehash or a re-release with some additional features, um, I think it's enough of a sound base that when that one out of 10 gamer fronts the money and then shows their friends how good that experience is, that's going to be enough wind to carry the sails of this ship forward, developers to get money. And then they'll be able to pipeline and plan. And so I think the next two to three years are going to look pretty sweet for PSVR 2, judging based upon developer friends and what we know is coming out already. Because if you compare to what we've had for every other VR headset launch, this looks like the strongest so far. I I, I haven't seen a stronger lineup than this, is, is my personal opinion, even though there's re-releases in there, you know. So anyway, that's PSVR 2 thanks all for your perspectives uh chat as well let us know towards the end of the podcast you know your thoughts will uh reflect there on a little bit about what you're thinking about this too Uh, let's move over to the um yang the dark side of the podcast now uh which is talking a little bit to microsoft and their layoffs and a few changes uh to their investment in vr Um, Well, news broke through an SEC filing as of January 18th that Microsoft Corporation uh, announced to its employees a series of actions that it's taking in response to macroeconomic conditions and changing customer priorities. Um, So quoting Microsoft here, uh, these actions include workforce reductions of approximately 10,000 employees by the end of the third fiscal quarter of 2023. So that's third quarter this year. Changes to our hardware portfolio and lease consolidation to create higher density across our workspaces. Um, I just want to remind here of their recent partnering with Meta and the Quest Pro to bring Microsoft apps as well as security layers to the Meta platform. I thought that was a really interesting partnership between two heavyweights. Um, and here we're, you know, we're just seeing a little bit of a a, a big tidy up, to be honest, that Microsoft is doing. Um, But we want to ask ourselves, you know, what does this mean for VR and AR? What's the kind of direct impact? So first off, a team who you may not have heard of before, uh, the Mixed Reality Toolkit Group, or MRTK, uh, which was an open-source mixed reality framework for Unity. Uh, It was owned by Microsoft. That's been shut down, and that's one of the first cuts that's been made public. Uh, However, in the VR and AR space, Microsoft has been lingering about with a few investments, right? You'll know HoloLens and other equipment like that, the mixed reality VR headsets that they came out with. And then if we think back to, uh, you know, 2017, uh, when they when they brought Altspace back from the brink of financial troubles, uh, unfortunately, Altspace is now being placed again gently back into an open grave. Um, in a public statement, the company's Twitter account had said, Altspace VR will sunset the platform on March 10th, 2023. Uh, So I want to kind of dedicate this part of the podcast to honoring Altspace, which was one of the very first, you know, successful uh, social VR hubs. Um, Yes, it had robot avatars, which I never liked. I always thought humans were better than bots. Um, And Sketchy Quiz, which (laughs) yours truly hosted for a while there, really had some entertaining, you know, pre-VR chat, Uh, social groups and things you could go to on a weekly basis you could meet authors you could have book meetups all kinds of crazy stuff that was that was happening in there around a campfire and that it also had the integrated ability which no doubt caught microsoft's eye to put spreadsheets and documents up on walls in a virtual space i used to actually meet with my team of mods for my stream and we would talk about the future and what we could do and all this and Literally had, this team knows, I love spreadsheets, but uh, had spreadsheets and docs and stuff up uh, in that virtual space and people in a blend between virtual and, you know, desktop environments. And really the first ones to do that, Altspace. They were really one of the first ones to blend it successfully. And no doubt, you know, Microsoft wanted to buy in on that. So I'll just say the is not over for Microsoft in respect of uh, their pivot, right? They're really pivoting towards the working world in the same way that Meta is with the Quest Pro and their concept. So they're now kind of afoot in two different camps. And along with that uh, partnership with Meta, comes in the form of what's called Microsoft Mesh. Not Mush. I'll probably call it Mush because that's probably where they're going to end up. But Microsoft Mesh. You can learn more at mesh.com, but I'll give you a little blurb here just so you get an idea of what that's all about. Um, Reminds me a little bit of telepresence technologies, and it's a bit like a Zoom call with digital avatars uh, for focusing on work collaboration across devices. Uh, On the website, they talk about HoloLens 2, VR headsets, mobile phones, tablets, or PCs being able to join into the space as long as the app is mesh enabled. So I think of mesh as kind of like an API that apps can hook into. Um, Again, kind of like a digital Zoom uh, that takes us into that, you know, fourth layer, that that additional dimension beyond what we currently do with Zoom calls. Um, and one key feature that they talk about, which I think has a, well, I'll let you guys add an adjective to this name. It's called hello, holoportation, holoportation, uh, which is projecting yourself as most lifelike, photorealistic, as possible taking yourself into mixed reality to interact as if you were there in person Uh, the technology from the early thousands which i spoke about called telepresence used to be where you had a high definition webcam say in new york And then you'd have another one in, I don't know, Madrid or Berlin or something. And you had half of a table and a giant screen. And so you'd see a boardroom of people, eight people, and then another boardroom on the other side. And it would all be doing low latency work. So it's kind of that now brought to modern era, digitized. So you can be with your webcam, avatar, all that kind of stuff brought together. And it reminds me of a system that we saw from Cloudhead Games where they were taking kind of Zoom and bringing it mixed into the work environment. So my big question for all of you is, do you think this kind of tech is going to stick? Is it going to normalize that we're going to have, you know, avatars looking at each other in the working environment instead of human faces? What do you think?
2: Uh, I mean, as we're going uh, more
0: yeah.
2: remote, like I'm probably going to have an opposite <laughs> perspective of Jose, I think, but like it, it in, on one hand to me, it makes sense because there are a ton of remote tech companies. Now I can't imagine any other type of company doing this though, other than maybe, you know, a tech company, but even then it's like, there has to be ways to make this easier because currently if you want to even, okay, first you have to get the headsets for people. Then you have to teach people how to do the headsets, how to get in the program that you want, that you're meeting and how to make an avatar, how to join the correct room, how to get everybody to even just trying to corral people into VR chat for God's sakes is like, so such a pain. So I think may, maybe I'm, I'm on the maybe fence. It needs to be, the onboarding needs to be way easier for people who aren't necessarily already, like, VR enthusiasts, you know what I mean? And that, but even though, I agree
3: with you 100%, 100%, Adam. And, and that's exactly what's happening is that a lot of people see this as, like, Microsoft's exit out of VR, where in, where essentially they're actually focusing on the infrastructure side of VR. They, they are announcing a, a partnership with... The leaders currently manufacturing and they're working in VR and they're saying, look, we're going to focus on the infrastructure side of it all. We're working on protocols that will create seamless um, telepresence being brought into virtual spaces. And now yep. that's what Mesh is all about, right? They're meshing these technologies. They're, in, they're building a glorified phone network system for the metaverse. Um, and that all comes down to the real investor, which is AI um there these these are all ai tools they're going to be using ai or artificial intelligence in order to you know grab your face capture and break it down to little fragments of data in order for you to to quickly recreate that somewhere else um so that's really what it is it's 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 um if anything microsoft is saying that vr will not go forward without ai without these tools to exist
1: the the, the issue that i have a little bit with this, like, form of meeting, and I have that with Zoom as well, is that, like, I think we just have, like, too many meetings, like, the amount of <laughs> meetings is just, like, insane, especially because Zoom made it so easy to have a meeting, you just, like, you know, send the Zoom link, copy, me, you're in a meeting, um, so, I mean, if, if they're gonna go that route and make it as easy as possible for people to meet, then yeah, sure, it will work, will it make people more productive? I don't i don't think so no. I, I i think I mean, I and, the majority of the zoom meetings i have the camera is off
3: and that's an interesting part where we True. when we discuss mesh we discuss it as if we're, we're talking about skype or zoom it's really not mesh is a protocol it's akin to Silverlight for for netflix it was the mm-hmm. the underlying pipeline that allowed you to deliver quality videos in high resolution, so think the, the the mesh pipeline is what whatever Oculus' home environment might use in the future, or whatever VR.
1: I get that, I get that. But what I'm saying is yeah. that the, the, the ultimate goal of this is in order to have mm-hmm. presence, right? Whether it's Oculus, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, whatever company it is. But the thing that, that I'm a little bit on is like, do we, do we need that? Like, in order to, yeah. for, for the productivity of a company to increase, I wouldn't be one to say like, oh, you know, you need this kind of thing. No. Sure. If you're a fully remote company and you need people on site to be speaking with each other or whatever reason to actually show stuff or I don't know, like something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I think like 90% of the companies, then they don't yeah. need something like this at at this oh, point. Yeah.
0: At, and I'm with you. I'm with you there, Rowdy, because I think that, so I, maybe I'm the, the most negative on this concept of everybody. I I, I do spend half of my week um, you know coordinating working in, in in various meetings zoom calls all over the place right video on video off whatever um, but I do I, I would say at this stage and particularly coming out of the the two years of lockdown and and lots of video calls like people are yearning for human connection more so I've never felt you guys know this about you know if I look at at um, other I won't name podcasts who use avatars uh, you know I've never felt that at this moment, in our timeline we're anywhere close to an avatar replacing a human face i don't think we're anywhere close uh, right now now maybe two years from now ai is going to be able to reconstruct my face like what jose is saying right in such a way that that'll be believable and or preferable but right now i just i don't understand why i'd want to be looking at my boss being a giant purple purple elephant or something yeah. you know like what, what,
3: what, what just and what, a, yeah. It just
0: distracts from the work to be done, in my opinion, and this kind of goes to the same thought I have about the ski masks and Apple's headset, is it, it looks too much like a distraction beyond what, like, what is it I'm trying to accomplish, and...
3: And that's exactly what Mesh, the Mesh protocol, is going to make, and, and that's that's the exciting part because it goes to prove why Microsoft did this. Because Microsoft is saying exactly that they're not making a platform, they're not making a a chat system. They're building the protocols and the infrastructure so Zoom can now tap into this API pipeline. And whatever sure. virtual platform exists can connect now to Zoom, and it's going to look seamless. They're 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 pretty much agreeing with with us all but across. But it's a future play. It's but a like future play. Th- this is
0: this is absolutely so. This is this is the same kind of move we saw when back in the day Facebook bought Oculus. It's So funny that now we have to say that Meta bought Meta. What? <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. sense anymore. Yeah. Um, but like. You know, it, it's that kind of a play. Like, I see what they're trying to build, but it's actually quite similar from five years ago when they picked up alt space. They saw what they thought might pan out, and they put money in it as, like, an investment for the future, because if it pans out, it'll pan out and win them 10x what they put into it. And this is very, very similar. I just don't... like 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 what Rowdy's saying there, I'm not sure that human behavior is going to change enough that will end up in a position. I'd love to be very, very much. I'd be happy if within five or ten till, years, right? Wait till you're using Chat headsets GPT. instead of desktops.
3: Once you start telling but, ChatGPT to run a meeting for you, and it just starts recreating your facial reconstruction, you're just watching yourself have a oh meeting God. over
2: there. I'm going to see you go like, like, like
3: yeah, it's, AI, that's your that's, that's exactly you. what. That's what mesh is all about. Mesh is the, Microsoft is the biggest investor in open AI. They want the the future of meetings to be handled without humans. They want your AI to talk to my AI and that's the meeting. Your AI <laughs> was be like, with me.
2: Him? It's like like I yes. will yes. have and my clone so, talk to your clone.
3: Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what telepresence is going to evolve. It's the future of emails is meetings. Like what you're describing is meetings evolve or emails. It's like you're going to write, you're going to tell your AIs, like, these are my objectives. Go talk to, you know, the team's AIs and make sure that everybody's aware of my objectives. Come to brief with me.
0: Aren't we then going to like basically Neuralink and fast tracking? So, for example, I can have one-to-ones and talk to Adam, Jose, and Rowdy independently because I'm, I'm able to multi-channel myself out through the internet to their brains and we're able to just have
3: m- more than one dialogue at once. Singularity, like, baby. That's what futurism is all about. <laughs> I know this still is like, wreck right in go. my head, but it's exciting.
0: <laughs> Wait, what do you mean bye? Don't go anywhere. We still need you. Yeah. Ah, Very good, very good. Okay, so... Um, where are we now so, so, yeah, I, I thought that looked like Cloudhead in terms of what they had released. I don't know if that ever got public like made um made into a product that people could buy into, but I know they were using it internally for for their equivalent of Zoom calls. There's this now heading towards the future. Keep an eye on Microsoft and mesh. Microsoft still is a giant. If anyone thinks they're antiquated and you know don't have enough money in the bank, then uh you're 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 quite a ways off from the truth of the matter um they are still a behemoth for sure and i'm really keen as keen as i was when it was announced what is meta and microsoft going to make for our world i don't know but it's going to control a lot of what we do i think in the future so keep an eye on this one uh, and uh yeah au revoir to people who've uh, unfortunately lost their jobs or will be losing their jobs in the la- next six months you know with these layoffs um it's happening to a lot of companies at the moment because of where we are a lot of tech companies in particular in the in the sites here but um Find a new home, make something new, maybe learn a new, uh, new bit of tech, (laughs) get out and know all, how all this AI stuff is going to change our future in the next couple of years as well. Um, so speeding you on your way there. I'd like to move into what we now like to call Jose happy hour, uh, where we get to learn about the new stuff that's out and playable now or in the new future. This is the releases section. So please don't do it. now, Jose.
3: All right, no, I, I was no, gonna God. say, I don't know, I don't think I have he's, enough content for an hour. So, he's quick, he's quick. So, yeah, I usually go through them pretty fast, but um, I, I, I oh, actually yeah. did get, um, as I said, I wasn't really playing VR this week, so I ended up watching a lot of content about the, the three titles that are upcoming that I really wanted to list up. So, first one I have, and, and you guys are gonna love this because we were talking about Unreal Tournament and classic uh, FPS's earlier. First one I have Good. is Rocket Jumper VR. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is rocket jumping, but it's a platformer. You're in VR. You have a giant rocket launcher, and you're just getting from point A to point B, getting through these wild obstacle courses, just shooting rockets, just pretty much using momentum and physics to get across.
2: This looks raging. Dude, that model
3: looks like a redeemer. It really does. Dude, it's so good um it's a PC VR game um i believe it's on steam um i believe it releases on the 31st it's it's two bucks um it's i believe it's about three uh three pounds but yeah i'll definitely pick it up it looks so good i definitely am picking that one up i actually want to reach out to them and be like hey can i can i try it out before you release it (laughs) but um next one i got is orbital strike vr another 31st uh uh, release that one looks like it to be about okay. twenty dollars um orbital strike um the reason that it stood out to me it re- it looks a lot like star fox in fact it opens up like star fox 64. the only difference is it's imagining getting into the star fox game and then you see a horde and then the, sh- the, sh- the your shuttle slows down and goes like oh nah and you get out the ship and you start flying off the ship and then you start attacking the other ships so it's you're you're in the midst of a, of a of a galactic like starfighter war but you're outside of the ship so you're telling the ships how to fight while you're also in the breaches of it fighting which is huh. pretty pretty nuts it's it's 20 so it kind of homeland style uh yeah style. It, it's, it, it's 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 kind of like that but you're in the thick of it so you're outside of the ships too so it's so weird it's (laughs) It's almost got astrobot in there flying around like what's going on it's like trying to figure this game out here yeah dude it it looks pretty good um it it reminds me of that it's like what if you're playing star fox 64 and then like fox mccloud just jumps off the ship and starts flying around in a in a jet pack and just starts shooting ships too alongside of it so that looks pretty good it looks uh 20 usd it's about 22 dollars 22 pounds actually sorry and the next one i have is a pcvr sweetheart um it's coming out on the quest it's actually one of my favorite uh um pcvr games it's called barbaria you guys probably heard of it um it's releasing on february 9th um for uh, the quest platform but yeah it's a barbarian game it's very um i'm actually let me see here sorry i lost my notes
2: like a combination okay. of kind Looks of Demio like a... and strategy.
3: Yeah, it's Tur- a lot like turret defense, or what is it? I well, that's it's, it's 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 very asynchronous, right? Because you it, imagine Demio, but you can also get into the actual platform and fight alongside of it. So it's a multiplayer game. So you're actually moving characters around. You're watching the other players, but you can also teleport into the platform and fight alongside of them. So your wave is fighting uh-huh. somebody else's wave, and if. You see he's doing well with his wave and you're like, "Oh no, nah. let me summon more monsters, but let me also spawn myself in that zone and give him a harder time." So oh. it's a it's a wave defender, but it's it has a lot of layers.
0: I'm trying to remember the name of the game. There was a Dean Hall game um that was that pioneered this for VR out of um, ammo. Out of ammo. Thank you, Rowdy. I don't know why it is. I feel like we've gone past that point where my memory works anymore for um, for old games. Like I always have to go back to a list. Now it's so sad. But I'll yeah, never I out forget of that
1: game because of the uh, the the shower with my dad simulator.
3: What? <laughs> oh my gosh, Excuse me. Know
1: you you don't. I told you that story right about like that. I, I reached out to the developer to ask for like a a key to try out the games Was back when I was a small time YouTuber. And he replied to me, yeah, sure, here's a key. So I got a key, I was like, super happy, I was like, oh, let me just try and play it. I activated it on Steam, and instead of, like, out of ammo, it was, uh, I think it was out of ammo, it was a Shout out With Your Dad simulator. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> so I i, I sent him an email back, it's like, look, I think something went wrong, and even though, you know, uh, even though I love VR, I don't think I'm going to try out this game of virtual reality, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he replied to me, and he started laughing, and uh, he was like, "Ha you're actually the first one to get back to me." Uh, and uh, I've I've got so many requests of people wanting like to get this key, in order to play it, and uh, I see them all selling them on like uh, G two A or like whatever oh. it is. So there were like people oh, like reaching sure. out to him, getting keys from him, and he would then like he had like I don't like a hundred keys or a thousand keys of "Shower with Your Dad" or something, or oh it was like a, oh, a dollar. Genius. Yeah, yeah, like, it was like a I dollar game, and he just that. sent those. That's amazing. So that's yeah, that, and and then he did send me the key for the actual game because he was like, you know, you, you so really made real me vision. laugh, like yeah, yeah.
2: Wow, oh, wow, that's pretty smart, man, dude. <laughs> uh,
0: the shower with your dad, Dev, is like, yeah, income. You know? it's like, <laughs> Why
1: are there so many people buying my game, like? <laughs>
0: But no, so I'm not joking.
1: Rad. My one of my
0: mods bought me Shower With Your Dad and sent it to me as a joke. Like the amount of people who buy low-priced games with a funny title just to kind of have a laugh, even if they never get played, like you could make it some dumb game just for that purpose. But yeah. that story's amazing, Rowdy. That's that's great. So out of ammo that. was very similar. It was um it, it, it was a strategy game, but like you had you had waves of what were they, zombies or soldiers coming at you, and you would be able to go down and like have a a first-person gun, like at the time, you didn't have anything. There, there, was, there, were no games like that at all, and it was really neat um, the way they developed it. It, its sequel didn't do very well, and then they went away from VR completely. But um, I still hope that RocketWorks comes back with a with a good title. But awesome. I, I'm, I'm, surprised, Jose. You keep um, bringing things in that I have no idea of. And yeah, haven't that's seen the or point, heard, man. So.
3: Everybody, you know, especially with the PSVR 2 outcoming, You know, what I mean, it's very hard to like find really. AMP releases, so I'm definitely going for, like, really interesting yeah. stuff. But, yeah, Barbaria VR, $20 okay. USD, £22. Definitely check it out. It's pretty it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, Bling Boy's going to be happy. He's got to play in the hospital bed. <laughs> oh,
3: <God>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, chat. Well, uh, thank you for that, Jose. And, um, Chad, if you've got anything to get off your chest, now is the time. Uh, any questions or points of view? Uh, now is it while I read off the show times. So... Uh, F-Reality Crew streams uh, every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, We are live and broadcasting from 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. We've got an audio version that runs over on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes, feeding audio-only versions to people who like to do dishes. Uh, We like having you with us live but drop a comment if you're not able uh share your views and let us know what you thought of the show or if you had you know your own thoughts about some of the topics that we discussed today um so let me know if there is anything uh in chat that we should cover before we skadoodle
2: um i will say that a great tantrum is giving away our secrets here and asking what if this whole podcast is ai and these people are actually in bed or out living life (laughs) banned no i'm just kidding Uh. (laughs)
0: I, I have a theory that maybe that's Elon Musk. Like, maybe he sorted himself out. He's tapped in somewhere, just, you know, living in a virtual <laughs> paradise, and his fake self is just, you know, wandering around as an AI.
3: It's enclosing get... the red Ferrari that did he, didn't he like ship out a red Tesla into space? Oh, yeah, that one? That's the guy in is. the suit? Yeah, that's where he is. His brain that's his is just body. backed up. <laughs> Just I mean, in
0: case Alex- of nuclear holocaust, he's just out there in outer space going, "Ha ha! Screw you, suckers!" We are called F
3: reality, after all. So, That's
0: true. but
1: nobody knows what the F stands for.
3: Aha!
0: Aha! <laughs> Apparently, I went a little pixelated earlier on stream. Yeah, sorry about that. I, you know, need to reconfigure my algorithm. That's right, it was hilarious. Uh, I didn't want
2: to say anything because I yeah. wanted to see how long it would go on for. But it was it was quite funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you were like blended in between two versions of yourself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Was it PD that said, "Uh oh, you gotta Zim's gotta wash his face," or something
3: like that? Breaking <laughs> out of the Matrix.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh
0: god! Well, that was a good one. Well, thank you for the uh, show. We're right there on the two-hour mark. So hey, we got the show back in <laughs> in proper order again. Um, February is 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 thundering forward. The excitement is really intense for me. I gotta say, can't wait for PSVR two. Really look forward to that. But apparently. This is the ball buster. Apparently Amazon's going to take seven days to ship the thing to me. So we'll, we'll see how, how that plays out. I hope that's just a placeholder. I hope it doesn't take that long. I don't want to wait until March. I can't. I can't wait until March. <laughs> see you all in the comments and stuff, guys. Stay warm, adventurers. And from F-Reality, see you on the next episode.